He lay in bed and tried to pray, but all he could think about was the magician's coin, there and then gone. Welcome to <laughs> I'm Two sorry, Murders. I thought, I thought you were going to keep going. No, I thought it was a longer was sentence. Whole, I'm so sorry. You're so good. Welcome to Two Mourners. One book club. I'm Em. And I'm Jordy. And today we are going to go over chapters 16 through 20 of Six of Crows. We are speeding through this. We are. I feel bad. That was already that far ahead. (laughs) That was really loud at the beginning. I'm so sorry. I I can adjust that. I just didn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, which is, that happens (laughs) a lot. We should have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, we're going over chapters 16 through 20. Um, And we started the part three, heart sick, in the book. So it's broken up to a few different parts. Yes. Um, And chapter 15 ended with um, the crows kind of finalizing their plan that they're going to go through the north and Matthias saying that his ghost wouldn't associate with their (laughs) ghost. So the brain rot of friendship is getting to (laughs) Matthias Helvor here as we embark on part three. We're slowly just thawing out his cold fear in his heart. Oh, it's so true. (laughs) So chapter 16 starts in Inej's perspective. It's her point of view. And if we remember, Inej was stabbed and... um, like, was on death's door, mm -hmm. pretty much. And she hasn't woken up yet, but chapter 16, as it is in her point of view, (laughs) (laughs) she wakes up super confused, and she's in pain, of course, because Mm -hmm. she has been stabbed. Um, Mm -hmm. And... She realizes that they must have made it to the boat um, and that Kaz came back for her. But as she's realizing that, she thinks, oh, he didn't come back for me. He came back for his investment Mm -hmm. because he told her that. That was one of the last things he said to her. (sighs) Lord. A guy, if there's any guys listening, don't call your girl an investment. Ladies, also don't call your guy an investment. No, let's be emotionally intelligent, folks. So he needs to learn about that a little bit. But she... Realized that he came back to her, um, but he came back for his investment. Um, and Inej calls for Nina, and Nina was sitting next to her, half asleep. Like, dozing off a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but still holding Inej's hand. Because um, they're friends. They're, I love their friendship. I love the little, like, crumbs that we get of their friendship. Yes, like, it's like a pre-established. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when um, Nina hears Inej call for her, she startles awake. Uh, and says that they have to let Kaz know that she's awake. And Inej says, let's just let's just wait. Can we not? Not now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so Nina fills her in on what happened and tells her that Pekka Rollins was behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, then Inej remembers that, or Inej brings up Umin, the guy who mm-hmm. stabbed her. And she says that she remembers seeing him, so she it doesn't quite make sense to her that it was Pekka Rollins and not the Black Tips going after them. Yep. Um, and so when <laughs> Inej says, I saw Umin, um, Nina interrupts her and is like, yeah, he's dead. Kaz killed him. He went all Peaky Blinders on him. Mm-hmm. Because if we remember, he Kaz ripped out his eye um, <laughs> and then tossed him overboard mm-hmm. because he heard Inej. So that... That is... And Inej is, like, puzzled. She's like, he did? Mm-hmm. And then Nina's like, Cass killed a lot of people, because I see we both highlighted yeah. this part. <laughs> She's like, Cass killed a lot of people. Roddy saw him go after the black tips who had you up on the crates. 
I believe his exact words were, there was enough blood to paint a barn red. So they went after Inej and Kaz said, oh, you, you gonna find out today. Kaz and his red right hand went and got business done. Um, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And the stupid game was trying to get Inej and the stupid prize was death. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But even then it's just like, oh, so much carnage. Like not even think, he wouldn't have done that for just anybody. And Nina tells her, she's like, no, 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 no. He was mm-hmm. afraid for you. And she, um, she, Inej tells her she was, he was infra- like, afraid oh, of afraid losing, of he's not afraid of anything. He was just afraid of losing his investment. <laughs> <laughs> and Nina, like, they immediately go into, like, like, sipping the tea mode. Yeah. Nina's like, girl, <laughs> did he say that? And Inej is like, of course he did. So you get the, like teenage aspect that they are yes. like going through that's it that's true this is the mm-hmm. reminder that these are teenagers yeah and nina's literally like he did not like <laughs> for real and then she's like yes he, he did, he did. <laughs> um, and then uh adina calls like, kaz idiot. an idiot and then Inej <laughs> turns it on her. Inej comes in and is like, how's Matthias? And Nina's like, also, <laughs> also an idiot. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they have a little bit of a back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. And then Nina tells her that she'll turn the lantern down. And Inej says that she's not quite ready to sleep yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Nina says, which I mentioned this to Jordan. Yes. And she hadn't caught it quite. No, I hadn't. Um, but Nina tells Inej, I could read to you if I had anything to read. There's a heart render at the little palace who can recite epic poetry oh. for hours. Then you'd wish you had died. Ugh. And so this is a little nod to a character that we'll meet actually in the next Shadow mm-hmm. and Bone book, Siege and Storm, and his name is Tolia, and he's a heart him. render. And I love him. We love Tolia. We're very, very excited for Tolia and Tamar in season two. Yes. Which Again, if anyone is listening, anybody wants to drop us a line, just please let us know. We won't tell anyone. We just want to know when when it's going to be released. When, where, to what extent. It would be really nice if it was soon because then we could talk about it on the podcast. Yes. Um, Which we would love to do. Yeah. So anyway, you can email us. Follow us on Instagram. Anything? Anything. We'll get to that later. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave that there for now. That's our own little breadcrumb for you to enjoy. But that was that was something I didn't realize at first, and I was like, "Oh, her mind! Just all the details, all the world building." So good. I just like feel like Lee Verdugo has to have a big like map. a conspiracy board yes. of like like or even like a war room. Like yeah. we watched. Um, That's actually what the war room in. No, <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> like we watched um, House of the Dragon. We finished it the other day, and they have like the big like, map of the table with, like, the different pieces mm-hmm. representing everyone. Leigh Bardugo has that, like, in her living room. Mm-hmm. Like, if the crows are in Kirch and they're on their way to Firda and the other characters are over here and over here, just everything is working in tandem. It's huge. So, so well realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after she mentions that, um, Nina, um, or, sorry. After she says that, Inej tells her to just stay and Nina tells her, Nina tells Inej, well, if you want to talk, I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me mm-hmm. why you don't have the crow tattoo on your arm. She goes straight into it. And Inej no. is like, cool, cool. So starting with the easy stuff. <laughs> um, and so Inej says that, she's, that Nina obviously saw her scars. Um, and she tells Nina that the first thing she did when she got out of the menagerie was to get the peacock feather tattoo removed. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a corporal key. It wasn't a medic who did it. It was just someone who cut it just off. Just a butcher with like, a, mm-hmm. like, like not a cheese grater. That's, oof. but like kind of, but kind of like just like 
just abraded it off. Yeah. And she says that she doesn't didn't even care about the pain. It felt liberating because she wasn't a part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says that Kaz told her that he didn't have to do anything but make herself useful. And Nina's not letting that go. <laughs> no. Um, she's like, what do you mean? I didn't I didn't think that getting the tattoo was optional. And this this was just such a good like character building moment mm-hmm. for Kaz in that you can see he is a little bit human. Um, and Inej says, he said it wasn't my choice. He said it was my choice, that he wouldn't be the one to mark me again. So Kaz, while he uh. may be a little crooked, um, he is, uh, he, he believes he in a, justice. He has a sense of honor and yes. a sense of justice. Mm-hmm. He also is the one who gave her her first knife, uh, St. Peter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I missed that sign to Petir, Peter? Yeah, Petir, whatever. Um, <laughs> we go back and forth on how to pronounce these. I know. Week. <laughs> um, and so then Inej is thinking that she, although I am just all over the place today. I can't actually <laughs> form a coherent sentence. Um, Inej is thinking that ha- feeling anything for Kaz Brecker is so dumb. <laughs> yes, I highlighted that too. <laughs> uh, and that even though he was the one to rescue her, to get her out of that situation, and to rescue her again, um, and that she knows he would bet on her, but she's still thinking, I getting involved in the, him, with him in any mm-hmm. capacity other than like a professional relationship is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... She kind of flashes back to how she got her name, and Kaz was the one who gave it to her. Her nickname, the Wraith. Yep. Um, and uh, he like tells her that her enemies need to be afraid of her, essentially. And she tell she responds with my enemies, and then he says our oh. enemies, which for Kaz that is as That's romantic as you can get. Literally, <laughs> literally. He tries. Actually, no. He yeah, doesn't he doesn't. Try. He fight. He actively fights against those yes, feelings. It's true. Um, and so they kind of continue on. Um, and Inej asks Nina to continue to distract her, maybe not with such loaded questions. Yeah. And she tells Nina that she doesn't like boats, bad memories. And Nina says, "Me too." Um, and there's a little bit more joking, and mm-hmm. Nina sings badly to distract Inej. Um, <laughs> But all while this is happening, Inej is trying not to remember the last time she was on a boat. Mm-hmm. And then we get a flashback for Inej's story, Ugh. which we've kind of gotten little bits and pieces of. We know that her family mm-hmm. were Suli acrobats, that her dad taught her on the tightrope, but we don't know what, how she got there. We know it was a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And so we flash back to, again, done so seamlessly in this flashback. It's yes. not like a pause in a flashback. It is her remembering what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it flashes back to her, um, as a child, we find out that she was actually 14 and her family had been summering on the coast of West Ravka. Mm-hmm. Um, they were performing in carnivals, so like traveling, um, enjoying the seaside, and she is thinking that she wasn't even supposed to be in the wagging wagging <laughs> she wasn't supposed to be in the wagon the morning that she was mm-hmm. taken um she had been sleeping um and she actually should have gotten up early to go help her dad um get the nets ready mm-hmm. but she had slept in and allowed herself a few more minutes of rest and um she kind of tur- she describes that she kind of turned over and she had seen um a silhouette 
mm-hmm. of a man appear in the door of their caravan. And she just, just didn't even think anything of it. She didn't think anything of it. And she even said, five more minutes, Papa. Which, Ugh. reading this again, I was it's like... It's so difficult. Oh, it just broke. It's, it is heartbreaking. It completely just broke my heart. Because um, she thinks it's her dad just coming back. And she's trying to get some more mm-hmm. rest as a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, just avoiding her chores. Mm-hmm. Like, very normal. And when she says that... Um, they grabbed her legs and were dragging her out of the wagon. Again, we should probably put a trigger warning yeah, on this. because she got, she got human trafficked. Mm-hmm. And, as simple as that. Um, and as they were pulling her out, she hit her head on the ground, and there were four of them. Um, mm-hmm. four large men, and she's tiny, and she's a child. Um, and she tried to scream, and they gagged her, and they tied her up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put her, they literally carried her, um, onto a boat, and then took her onto a ship in the sea. Um, and she actually found out at a later point that the coast was a popular location mm-hmm. for slavers um, and that when those people had spotted the Suli caravan that her family was on, um, they waited until it was pretty much deserted and then rowed into shore and, and took her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on this ship, she was put in the cargo hold with other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just heartbreaking Um, she says that some are older, some are younger, but most of them were girls. Um, so you, you, you know what they're being taken for. Yeah. Or can infer what they're being taken for. Um, and the kids are talking. She can't really understand them because she speaks Suli. They're speaking Kirch and Rabkin and Mm -hmm. all the other languages. Um, and the, there's a rumor that the kids are going to be taken to, uh, Kirch's Outer Islands where they're going to be auctioned off. Um, to private owners or pleasure houses in Ketterdam and Nova Ziem. Mm-hmm. Um, and people come from all over to bid on these children. <laughs> um, Ugh, it's just awful. Yeah. And Inej notes that she thought slaving was illegal, but I guess it still happened. And so that's kind of a thing that mm-hmm. um, is, is happens throughout the book, that although in written law um, slavery is illegal mm-hmm. in, in Kirch, um, people turn a blind no eye to it. it. But if someone says, oh, this person is a slaver or, oh, I'm being sold, then they'll do something about it. They mm-hmm. make a show of it. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and so she continues to describe that she never actually saw the auction block when, um, oh my gosh, this just makes me sick. It's just really <laughs> disgusting. But um, when they got to outside of Kirch, um, they, she was taken to the deck and saw Tanta Helene. Um, and she examined every inch of her, all of her, um, so, on deck without <laughs> privacy or anything. It says even her teeth, which makes yeah. me think of like, you know, when you examine a horse yeah. that you want to sell, you look at its teeth to see how old it is and stuff like that. So she's being treated like an animal. Mm-hmm. Like her personhood is just completely stripped away. Yeah. Like sheep to the slaughter, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after she looked at Inej thoroughly, she started to barter with one of the sailors, um, and just left Inej with her shirt still open, exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was at night. Um, so of course it's not during the day cause it has to be a little bit secret. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and she thinks jump, whatever waits at the bottom of the sea is better than where this woman is taking you. And she says that she didn't have the courage to do it then, but she would have now. 
Um, and then kind of remembers when she froze in front of Tante Helene just a few chapters ago. So then she's like, maybe I wouldn't have had that. Um, and so that is Inej's backstory. So from that, um, we kind of jump back to the present where Nina's still singing. Um, <laughs> and Inej tells her to teach me the chorus. Yep. Um, and so they sang and tried to get through, cause this is, I mean, PTSD. Like for both of trauma, them. Trauma. Yeah. Like we'll we, find... we found out last episode why Nina doesn't like being below decks on a boat. Mm-hmm. And now we know why Inej and both of them involve slavery. Yes. Not good. No. Um, so they, they sing into the night. Mm-hmm. And I love it because it says that they sing off key and it's not good and they're fumbling over it, but they're helping each other through this difficult It's It's two children time. trying to distract themselves from the immense and absolute awful trauma that they have experienced. Ugh, oh my gosh. Which, that was, a, it started it's so out. so heavy. Yeah, it started out like, oh, Inej is awake. And then you're like, oh. oh. But then we get a Jasper chapter. <laughs> so that's the end of chapter 16. <laughs> and Jasper is like, yay, so fun. <laughs> I'm insecure. Chapter 17 is through Jasper's point of view. <laughs> um, and so Jasper is anxious on the boat as there is nothing to do. And he notes that there's six more days mm-hmm. until they'll be on land. Um, and most of the time has been spent perfecting the plan for the ice court. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point, Kaz tells Wylan that you look like a lockpick. Yeah. And Wylan is like, no, no, I, I don't, I don't. Because he, yes. he's trying to build his own identity and trying to fight against what people think that he is. And he still thinks that he's not... Yeah, you know, he's he's trying to he's figuring himself out. He's sixteen. It's true. Well, and like the thing is, you know, Wyland's been helping with the schematics mm-hmm. for the different like mechanisms of the arches and the ice court and like what it looks like on the inside and all of that. And Kaz is impressed. He's like, you can mm-hmm. think on three axes. Like you, he can think in three dimensional space. He's smart. And all of that. Like he's he has like an aptitude for building and for engineering and how things work and. All of that. And Kaz is trying to give him a compliment. And Wyland's like, I'm not with you guys. And it's like, buddy. You are. You are. And so Jesper tells him, just learn to take a compliment. Kaz doesn't give them out often. Um, and they go back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jasper continues to call Wyland a merchling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he asks Kat, or Wyland asks Jesper why he's there. Because mm-hmm. they don't need a sharpshooter for Kaz's plan. So why is he on this boat? He's just making everyone nervous. And Jesper says, Kaz, trust me. And Wylan... Ooh. See, because Wylan's naive, but he's mm. not dumb. Yes. And he's observant. He's like, does he? Sure about that? Um, and Jesper immediately is thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm actually not sure no just constantly unsure of where he stands um which poor guy (laughs) um and uh so wylan they just kind of leave it at that Mm -hmm. um a little bit because they're both kind of throwing some low blows there um (laughs) well but wylan does bring up something pretty that's going to be important later and i didn't clock it the first time i read it that this was going to be important um but he's talking about like his curiosity Mm. and um because like jesper's like like ribbing him like if you weren't born with every advantage, you learn to take your chances. And Wyland's like, I wasn't. And then he's like, oh, why do you think you know everything about me? And Jesper's like, I know a lot. And then Wyland kind of has like a moment of vulnerability. He's like, well, I feel like I'm never going to know enough. 
Mm-hmm. And Jasper's like, what do you mean? Like, about what? And he's like, like, anything. And this is this will come in handy or be important later, where he's like, what about the ice moat? It's, it's ice. Like, where does the water for the ice come from? Because it's up on a hill. So where's the aquifer or, like, the reserve that's feeding this? And Jasper's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Why? We have why a plan. Does it matter? There's a bridge. And he's like, well, aren't you curious? And he's like, no, not even a little bit. And they both kind of leave with, like, a sour taste in their mouth. So they, go, they like, rib each other, go back and forth. And then Wyland does have this moment of honesty mm-hmm. and vulnerability. And Jasper's immediately kind of shuts it down. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't even know why he shuts it yes. down in himself. Like, he's not even happy with how he handled it. But he mm-hmm. doesn't know why he handled it that way. Um, and... You get the sense, you get, again, breadcrumbs for later on, but also that Wyland is so smart with mechanics and thinking and everything that has to do. He's so curious. Yes. He's a curious-natured little boy, Um, and um, uh, curiously, curiouser and curiouser. I was going to say curious, George. Um, No. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually the next book that we're, no. We could speed through that just in one episode. Um, so he's really curious about the world and the way it works. And so his mind is always mm-hmm. moving. Um, just like Jesper's. Mm-hmm. But Jesper doesn't in a different apply his mind in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they both leave that conversation being, feeling a little... Well, mm-hmm. icky. Well, not great. Um, and you're like, oh, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, and so we get a flash forward, and um, it it's noted that uh, Jesper has been checking on an edge every morning and night, and he's been very, very worried. And the experience shook him because he really thought that she was she was going to die. He saw how mm-hmm. much blood she had lost. He saw how much blood Kaz, ha- Kaz had on him and how scared Kaz was, and he mm-hmm. really thought that she wasn't going to make it. And then one day he checked on her, and she was awake. Um, Yay! Woohoo, we already found that out. But um, <laughs> Nina asks Jesper to help Inej to the deck. And Inej insists that she's fine. And so Jesper tells Inej that she's actually there to make sure that he's okay. Um, and, <laughs> and to hold on because they don't know when he's going to fall. Mm-hmm. So Jesper is, is carrying, like, arm over the shoulder, making sure she's not going to fall. And Nina's behind them walking to make sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Um and so they get to the top of the deck, um, and once they're on deck, Inej um, squeezes Jesper's arm to let him know to stop, mm-hmm. and she just looks up and takes a deep breath because she has been below deck for days. And this is the first time she's seen air, or seen air, I mean, seen, <laughs> seen the sky and been able to breathe fresh air. <laughs> this is the first time that she's tasted colors and seen sound. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> Uh, Inej tells him that it's good to feel this kind of cold. Which I've felt that. Oh. Um, and Kat, or Jesper's confused, like, huh? saying, what What do you mean? What, this kind? And she says, the cold of the living. Oof. Yes. Because you know that she felt that she was going to die. Yes. It was no hope. Um, it was almost rest and spaghetti, never forgetty, Inej. <laughs> 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 no! 
But oh that did not goodness. happen. Thankfully. Thankfully. <laughs> thankfully it was not, thanks to Nina. And so Nina tells her two laps around the deck and then back to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she walks away and Jesper notes that... Like, like calculatedly... <laughs> Nina walks as far away from Matthias as she can because he's also on the deck of the boat. And yes. so she goes in the opposite direction of him. Um, and Inej also clocks that. And she asks Jesper if they've been like that the whole time. And Jesper Ugh. tells them they're like two bobcats <laughs> circling each other. And Inej is like, but what do they mean to do when they pounce? Because Inej was not born yesterday. And Jesper goes, oh no, claw each other to death. And then Inej rolls her eyes and is like, ugh, no wonder you do so badly at the tables. Inej knows that Nina and Matthias are in love with each other, and they're just having these feelings that they need to get through. through. And Jesper just sees they don't like each other. Yeah, Jesper's just like, oh, they hate each other. Which, in fact, they do not. Buddy. (laughs) Um, And uh, after after Inej tells Jesper that, oh, no wonder you're so bad at the tables, he kind of jokes, I threatened to toss you in the drink, but Kaz is watching. So... <laughs> we Inej looks up to where Kaz mm-hmm. is and he um or sorry, Inej doesn't look. She purposefully avoids eye contact with Kaz. But Jester's like <laughs> like waving. Jordan, is, I know is... it's an audio medium, but he's like waving all silly, like, hi. And Kaz just ignores him. <laughs> Kaz <laughs> ignores him, intensely watching Inej. Inej doesn't look at him. Jesper mm-hmm. is oblivious to the whole thing. And it's just kind of like, oh, hey, hey, Cass, what's going? So as they're walking around the deck, every member um, of the crew is calling greetings and well wishes to Inej. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesper can sense Inej, like, getting happier with every greeting because um, he... Oh, even Matthias says thank you. Yeah. Um, for getting there because he sees her, her worth and her honor he senses yeah. that she has the sense he's kind of scared of her but he respects her yeah <laughs> which i think i think we all i think we, that's healthy yeah we, we all fear an edge but have a respect for yes. her um and so they continue and she's she's getting happier as, as it goes on and jesper asks if she's surprised mm-hmm. and she admits that she is because um not only is it because she spends so much time with kaz that she he never appreciates anyone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give compliments. Um, but she always felt that she didn't be- quite belong with the drugs, that she didn't fit in with them. Um, yeah. And uh, Jesper tells her, well, she doesn't because she doesn't drink. She doesn't she gamble. No she doesn't square. Yeah. Doesn't swear. Um, but uh, that she is one of them. Yeah. And then he kind of is joking with her. It's like, you know, Almost dying to save all of us, like, does wonders for your reputation. Mm-hmm. Which it does. It does. Um, so I wouldn't recommend it, but I mean... No, no, I absolutely would not recommend If you were on the outs of your friend group, do not try to save all of them. <laughs> no. Let's not do that. Let's not. Let's just have a conversation. Um, and so, <laughs> while they're leaning against the railing of the boat, she asks Jesper if Kaz came to see her at all. And he says, every, every day... day. And then she's like, you're so, she's like, you can't read people and you can't bluff, but you love gambling. <laughs> and this is important. I highlighted this. Mm-hmm. He sighs and then he thinks he hated disappointing anyone. And that is like the crux of mm-hmm. Jesper's character is that he wants to do stuff for himself. He's chasing this high of doing well at gambling tables, 
But at the end of the day, everything that he does is trying to prove that he's of worth to others. Mm-hmm. So he hates disappointing people. Ugh. But he also doesn't want to, to lie to an edge after she mm-hmm. already clocked him lying so easily. And so he admits, no, Kaz did not go see her. But then he says that he doesn't think that Kaz likes sick beds. Mm-hmm. And Inej tells him, no one Like, who does? does? Who, who, what do you mean? Obviously no one likes it. And then Jesper kind of tells her that it's something different. Um, it is, it's more than, yeah. it's harder for Kaz. Um, but he went crazy the first day that, mm-hmm. after she was hurt. Um, and that, it there's something that, Gosh, why are it, words so hard today? <laughs> Kat, Jesper is essentially saying that after the fir- after she was hurt, Kaz went crazy, but mm-hmm. um, there's something about it that is too much for him. That it's it's just too much. That something we don't know yet. Yeah, it was like, well, and Jesper's also kind of he says that it costs him to admit that because mm-hmm. that's admitting like thinking about you know would Kaz have done the same thing if it was Jesper who had been nearly hurt mm-hmm. Jesper's not sure and so again Jesper not feeling or qu- not feeling um questioning where he lies mm-hmm. um but also he knows how much Kaz cares for Inej Inej doesn't know how much Kaz cares for her mm-hmm. Kaz knows how much he cares for Inej but doesn't want to admit it to anyone. And this mm-hmm. is the only um, nuanced relationship that Jesper understands. And yes. he's like, oh, no, both of you. Yeah, he's like, no, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Jesper shifts gears and asks um, Inej about the falling out between Wyland and his dad. Um, because we kind of got that at the beginning of the book that Wyland doesn't talk to his dad. Yeah, um, and he... that's why he's a member of the dregs. Mm-hmm. Um and Inej tells him that she doesn't really know, but three months ago, Wyland turned up at a flop house, um, kind of, I'm assuming like a halfway house, yeah, um, near the slat, and he was using a different surname, um, but Kaz, Kaz knew. He's, he keeps tabs on everyone. Any, anytime new blood comes into the barrel, he's on it. Yeah. Um, and so he had Inej do some snooping. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't find out much because the people who work for Vanek... Are, he pays pretty well. He pays well, so they can't bribe him. Um, and so she says that uh, one of the rumors was that Wyland had been caught, been caught in a sweaty romp with one of his tutors. And, and <laughs> Jesper, his his ears immediately prick up like, hmm. He hit, what? Hidden depths indeed. Ooh. And then Edge tells him, it's just a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, please. Stop. Um, and then... Uh, she he asks why Papa Vanek <laughs> kicked him out. I love Jesper so much. It's so funny. Um, he's the comedic relief that we need in these books because yes. we just had very very harsh like yes background for even, he, even he's going through it though. Yeah, but his his personality. He is tries super to fun. be the the relief for everyone because he wants everyone to feel good. Same. Um, <laughs> and um, when you and, think you're Cass, but you're really Jesper. <laughs> I know a lot of people like that. <laughs> I see one in the mirror every morning. No. <laughs> he's like, so what? <laughs> so he's like, why did, you know, Bandit kick him out? And then Inej goes on to say, well, I don't think he did. Because um, every week, Wylan would get letters from his dad, but he doesn't open the letters. So Inej opened them. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Jesper asked her what they said. Yeah. She, she's like, what did they say? He said, what did they say? And she's like, you're assuming I read them. And he's like, you didn't? She said, of course I did. Which it reminds me of White Christmas. Um, I, it's kind of ambiguous if it's like his wife or just the housekeeper. But the general is like secretary who takes care of like the key lodge mm-hmm. reads all his mail and one of the girls asks like well how did you know she's like did you did you glue the letter the envelope closed again she's like please i use steam <laughs> like, <laughs> like any self-respecting housekeeper i use steam and it so, cracks me up because it, it is she's like of course i read the letter you you kidding me so she knows and when he at well um she she tells jesper that they just said the same thing over and over again if you're reading this, then you know how much I wish to have you home, or I pray that you read these words and think of all you've left behind. We're not going to spoil anything. We're not going to spoil anything, but reading this the second time, I'm like vibrating with rage. It hurts. Uh. Um, and then she switches topics and um, asks Jesper um, why he took the job. Yeah. Because the chances aren't great, and even though he's a bad gambler, even even he knows the odds aren't good. <laughs> and then he confesses to her that he's in debt. And he says it with such gravitas. He's like, I'm in debt, Inez. She's like, you're always in debt. <laughs> like, you're chronically in debt. But then he tells her, no, 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 it, it's really bad um, that he borrowed money from the wrong people. And um, he says, you know how my father has a farm? And so we find out that Jesper's father has a farm in Nova Ziem, um, and that it just started turning a profit this year, and that he took out collateral on his dad's farm. Um, and he, or sorry, his dad took out collateral on the farm, mm-hmm. and Jesper told his dad that um, the loan that he needed was so he could finish his degree at university, which is... That's how he ended up in Ketterdam. Yeah. So that's initially why Jesper came to Ketterdam was to attend school. Um, But a few weeks into school, he um, went down to East Dave and (sighs) made his first bet um, and won a little bit. And he said it was the best night of his life. Um, And after that... Uh, after that one day of winning, he kept losing. Yeah, and then she was like, and you've been chasing that feeling ever mm-hmm. since. Um, and he tells her that he should have stayed in the library, um, and he needed money, and so he started taking work on, uh, started taking work with the local gangs, and then one night two guys jumped him in an alley, and then Cass showed up and took him down. Um, and Inej tells Jesper that Kaz probably hired those guys to attack him so he would feel indebted. And Jesper starts to say, he this wouldn't. This is literally the first time he's ever considered this yeah. as a possibility. He's like, no, he wouldn't. And then stops. It's like, oh. <laughs> of course he would. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, of course. Um, and then he also says that Kaz isn't like anybody else he's ever met and that yes. he surprises him. This was almost the quote I read at the beginning. Like I was between this and the one that I read. But she's like, yeah, he's surprising. Like a hive of bees in your dresser drawer. <laughs> he's like, exactly like that. And she's like, so why are we here like following this this hive of bees? This crazy teenager. Yes. With a vengeance. And then Jesper, poetic. And he says he feels his cheeks heat, like mm-hmm. blush a little bit. There's a little bit of like, you know, maybe... At one point, he saw Kaz that way. Maybe he doesn't anymore. Maybe he knows that that's where that he feels that way, that Kaz feels that way for Inej. 
But there's a little bit of like, also when he's want, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. When he's thinking like, if it had been me who was stabbed, would Cass feel that way? Mm -hmm. It's not like this forlorn, unrequited, Mm -hmm. but it's there. But he says, so when it's just like, what are we doing here? And he's like, hoping for honey, I guess, and praying not to get stung. Aren't we all? Oh. <laughs> um, and Inez kind of <laughs> she comes back. It up. <laughs> she she brings the mood back up and says, mm-hmm. "Well, then at least we're both the same kind of stupid." <laughs> um, and uh, then she um, or he tells her that he's the one who could never walk away from a bad hand. And then Inez tells mm-hmm. him, "Well, that makes you a rotten gambler, Jesper, but an excellent friend," which mm. is what he wants to hear. Yes, he needs that. He we were does. saying earlier he needs positive reinforcement <laughs> so much. He he's, just glows he's like a puppy. with it. He's a puppy who needs positive reinforcement training, and yes. Kaz is neg is of the negative Ugh. reinforcement kind. Golly. Um. So, and then after he says that, oh my gosh, Jesper tells Inej that she's too good for him. And Inez, she says, I know. She says, I know, so are you. And then they continue to walk. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then Inez tells Jesper that she needs him to distract Nina so she can find her knives. And he says, oh, he'll just bring up Matthias. Um, <laughs> that'll distract her. And then <laughs> Jesper looks to where Kaz was and sees that he had not moved the entire time they were talking. And he's still watching but them. But his eyes were watching them. Yeah, he was still watching them, but it was kind of clear that he was watching Inej. Yes. <laughs> because he's in love with her Ugh. and just does not want to admit it. So true. So true. <sighs> and that brings us to 18, which is in Kaz's perspective. So we'll see that, oh... He is, in fact, in love with her. There were so many quotes I almost read, <laughs> like, from these past, these last two. Because, like, it literally takes him 48 hours after this conversation between Inej and Jesper for him to muster up the courage to go talk to her. Two to days. To approach her. Two days after she woke up. Two days. Yes. My brother in Christ. And she clocks him on it, too, is the thing. She's, she has all these feelings, but she also has her moments of, like, iron spine. Yeah. Like, he comes over, like, I want to show you something. And she's like, I'm well. Thank you for asking. How are you? It's like, go off, Inej. Go and off. And he awkwardly is, like, splendid. And then, again, more awkwardly sits down next to her because mm-hmm. his, his leg is stiff and He's all having that. a hard time. But it took him two days after he saw her on the deck to go up to her and he didn't say, how are ya? I'm um, happy you're not dead. You know, bare minimum. Yeah. He's like, I gotta show you something. Um, and then uh, he sits next to her and she asks if his leg is bad. And he's like, it's fine. And continues, moves the conversation along. <laughs> <I'm> fine. <laughs> he's not fine. He's not. Kaz um, has been fine for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he shows her the drawings that Wyland has made of the prison sector um, and shows her the ice court, and she tells him, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And then says, six stories up a chimney? And he asks if she can do it. Um, and she says, there's not really another option. Mm-hmm. You know I can. Um, so I'm, and you know that I can do it, and you know that I'm not going to refuse, so why are you asking? And this, I almost, this was almost I have it. <laughs> the quote that I read. I have it starred, yes. highlighted, and underlined. Yes. And he said, his, he literally thinks to himself, because I've been looking for an excuse to talk to you for two days. A good place to start would have been, how are you feeling? <laughs> are you doing okay? How are you feeling? Do you like, <laughs> like the, the show? show? 
Anything. It, literally <laughs> anything. Um, but he's he does not say that to her. He no. just thinks it because he's an idiot. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and says, I just want to make sure that you'll know what you'll be dealing with. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. He just no. says, I want to make sure that you'll know what you'll be dealing with and that you're studying the plants. Oh my gosh. And she's like, will there be a test? And he says, yes. Uh, like, come on. Come he gets all on. dramatic. Like, yeah. And if you fail, we all end up stuck. Yeah, he's dumb. Um, <laughs> he is. And then Inej brings up the fact that she's worried about the escape route because there's there's only one way out. And he kind of says the same thing. And she asks if he trusts um, Spect, the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that he trusts him enough. Um, and Inej guesses that Spect owes Kaz. And she would be correct Which she in does. that assumption. He has something. Or Kaz has something on Spect. Um, and so is using this to um, have him help them out. Yeah. Um, but we find that what he has is that Spect actually has a sister um, who needs, who he he supports. And Kaz got Spect his money. And Inej says, oh, that was good of you. And Kaz basically says, I'm not Robin Hood. Spect has a need. There was money to be made I and could... information to be had. Yes. So she's trying to see the good in him. She's trying to bring that out of him. Mm-hmm. And he immediately shuts it down. And is like, I'm not good. Um, yes. And but, she says, never something for nothing, Kaz. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about, like, still, if we get caught, we're not going to have any way out. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll get us out. You know that. And, and then, then he, his yes! internal monologue is like, tell me you know that. Like, he's but, desperate for her to, like, affirm him. Not like, only does it say, uh, tell me you know that. He, he needed, needed her, her to say it. He is desperate for her to see him, but not willing to give her the chance he to wants, see him. He wants half a mile and isn't willing to give her an inch. Yes. <laughs> yes. It. He just, like, he puts out this confident air of, like, he can do anything, he can pull anything off, but he needs her to believe it. And so and he, then she says the one thing that could wreck him in this moment, uh, which she's, is, she's, I hear Pekka Rollins was the one gunning for us in the harbor. And Kaz is disappointed. And it's like, ooh! <laughs> because he isn't using his words. He's like, huh! <laughs> like... And he just says, so? <laughs> um, and then Inej brings up, she's, she says, don't think I haven't noticed the way you go after him, Cass. Because again, Inej is, has, has an so aptitude observant. for observance and mm-hmm. for knowing feelings. Again, kind of an empath. She, I would say she's definitely an empath. Except when it comes to Cass. Um, but even then, she notices this. She notices this. And he says, it's just another boss. Um, and Inej immediately clocks him and mm-hmm. says... No, no, it's personal. Um, like what is it? And then he I almost read this for the oh quote my too. Gosh, Ugh. he wasn't. Um, in his head, he's saying he wasn't sure why he said it, but he told Inej, Pekka Rollins killed my brother. So we get a little more background. So Jordy was his brother, mm-hmm. and we find out that Pekka Rollins killed him. And um, these are things that he had never said out loud that he had held. In his own heart and allowed to be his motivation mm-hmm. for not all had, of these years. And no one knew. He had never said it aloud. Yeah. Not had he only not told anyone. He had never uttered the words. No. Pekka Rollins killed my brother. Because that he's. And we're going to get into this more. Like very much more within the next couple of pages. But he has constructed this 
persona. He's mm-hmm. built this myth around himself, like it literally says on the next page. And in this myth, it's like he just appeared. He has no family. He is dirty hands. He's the bastard of the barrel. And so just the sentence, Pekka Rollins killed my brother, it dismantles everything that he has built for his own reputation. And he's never said it to anybody before. And Inej was kind of, she was shocked because she didn't even know he had a brother. And so Mm -hmm. she asked about that. Um, She says, you or she asks him, you had a brother? And he says, I had a lot of things. And she apologizes, mm-hmm. and when she does, he's thinking to himself, I don't, did, I didn't want her sympathy, but what did I want? What was I going to yes. gain from telling her that? Is she going to try and, like, put her hand on my arm, tell me she understands, like, and Inej, being a literal saint herself, says, mm-hmm. I'll pray for him, for peace in the next world, if not in this one. And they're sitting super close together. This he is, is like, gazing into her eyes, but her also, hair is loose. But also, them sitting close together... It yes, says we have it highlighted. Yeah, we both have it highlighted. <laughs> In the book, he, he is thinking that had he been sitting this close to essentially anyone else or anyone at all, his skin should be crawling. Even thinking about being this close to another person should be setting off his mm-hmm. OCD like nothing else. But all he's thinking is what happens if I move closer. So what comes out of his mouth? I don't want your prayers. I literally wrote, I'll beep it out, but I literally wrote, head <laughs> in the margin Pendejo. you idiot like what are you doing he's in my notes here have, like uh in my notes i have in all caps bro yes he's literally think, sitting here thinking like she's beautiful we're what, so close together what would happen what would happen if we like <laughs> kissed on the deck of the fairland and what comes out of his mouth is i don't want your hand out hot dog man i took it and threw it on the ground <laughs> I'm not a part of your system. That's literally him right now. And so Inez is like, what do you want then? And like his like old answer is every time anyone asks him anything, I want money. I want vengeance. I want Jordy's voice in my head silenced forever. But then, and he doesn't, he doesn't want to think this is a thing. He is actively fighting it a lot. He's trying so hard to fight against his emotions. A lot like Matthias in this way. But what he thinks is you, Inej. You. So anytime he has this, I mean, you can tell very much how, how spirited Jordan feels about this. (laughs) I am very spirited about this. I just thought it was like the, (laughs) like the huge, (laughs) um, but anytime Kaz has any inkling of a feeling, a thought Mm -hmm. of a feeling, an idea of being close to someone, of breaking down those barriers and traumas, he puts his foot in his mouth Mm -hmm. and is just the worst kind of person mm-hmm. and backtracks so far that he is out of the room. He was never even in the same city. Yes. Um, he gets on a plane and flies away. <laughs> Literally. From himself. But he he just... The, Ugh. the past few pages, it is so clear that he just wants to talk to Inej. He wants her to trust him. He wants yes. her to believe in him. He wants to be close to her. Because that's the thing that I love, and this is why like I'm maxing out the volume <laughs> on GarageBand, <laughs> is because he doesn't... It's it's not just a physical attraction. It's not mm-hmm. just that they're friends. He wants her to be his partner in everything. Because he sees her as his equal, and so he wants her in on every decision that he makes. Which, him seeing her as an equal, green flag. Him calling her an, <laughs> him calling her an investment, red, red flag. flag. Him telling uh-huh. her about his brother, green flag. 
him saying, I don't want your prayers. Red flag. <laughs> it's all these boys with MBAs, man. They've been messing you up. I just... <laughs> and so then she's like, what do you want? All these boys with MBAs? Your husband. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I said what I said. Um, and so he's having all these, like, sweet romantic thoughts. She's like, what do you want? And he says, like he's a freaking dragon to die buried under the weight of my own gold. And she's like, well, That's what I, he says. Then I hope but- you get that. That's what he says, but remember, he's thinking that he just wants a nesh. Ugh. But like a pendejo, an idiot. <laughs> he's like, gold. <sighs> and she's oh like, gosh. did I pray you get all you ask for? And he doubles down. More prayers? What do you want? And she's like, to never have to see Catterdam or hear that word ever again. And he tells her, um, with the share of this money, you can get what you want. Um, so, ugh. Ugh. so save your prayers for good weather and stupid guards. Just leave me out of it. Broski. Cause he he's had, like, she's a distraction. She, he, he gave her like a tiny, tiny piece of rope to pull her mm-hmm. up, to pull out this emotion. And then he immediately snatches his back and shoves her <laughs> in the well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's true. It's very much true. So then. And then he's just mad. Yeah, so then he's upset. But I, he's upset that he is having these emotions mm-hmm. because he has spent years building up this persona to get revenge on Pekka Rollins. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't so much as told anyone that he has a brother. So And he's still a child. So mm-hmm. he has is breaking down everything that he has built up for Inej and that scares him. Mm-hmm. Um, which, that's valid, but also, let's just, let's talk. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's go to therapy. That. Let's have some emotional intelligence. Let's go to therapy. Um. So he's trying to tell himself after, like, to rationalize it to oh, himself. Yeah. Like, I didn't miss her. I just missed our routine. <sighs> Homie. He did not. Um. He missed her. <laughs> uh. I have in my notes, bro, trying so hard not to show anything. <laughs> it's true. It, he's been so singularly focused mm-hmm. on this goal of vengeance that anything that distracts him from that, he immediately... Homeboy has OCD so bad. He hasn't allowed himself the possibility of happiness because... Oh, yes. He thinks that he will be happy once he takes Pekka Rollins down, that everything else is... Every one of his other emotions is consumed by that. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's not allowing himself the space to um, feel any other emotion. Yep. And he's mad at himself when he does because he... I'm going to just go ahead and and say this. He thinks it's Jordy's voice in his head that's making him guilty. That's Mm -hmm. his own guilt Mm -hmm. speaking to him for something that happened when he was literally a child. And he's still a child. Yeah. It's OCD, homie. And so we jump to... Kaz being upset. Moody Kaz is what I have written down. <laughs> and again, he's trying to justify. Sad boy hours. Yeah. He's trying to justify his feelings by saying he just wanted their routine back. Mm-hmm. He didn't want an edge. Not true. Not true. He wanted an edge. Um, yeah. And um, so he is still thinking this and that he is the bastard of the barrel. The only kind they manufacture, which is something that he had told mm-hmm. Jules when they were about to fight. Um, and it's just a myth that he had built for himself, but he wasn't a bastard at all. Um, and then we get yep. background, flashback, what? again, done so seamlessly. So well. So seamlessly. And it's because, like, I like I, I think I've said probably four times in the last couple minutes, he has such bad OCD. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of his triggers for, like, 
intrusive thoughts and like his background and everything is talking about his past and so after like it, just Which, putting it in the air admitting it mm-hmm. now he's just getting flooded with these memories that he's been mm-hmm. actively trying to repress um and so then we get this flashback and we find that um kaz and jordy's father had died and he died because he Ugh. was crushed by a plow and um, his dad was a farmer and the way it's described in the book is beautifully gruesome. Yeah, it I will is. Say. It is. Um, I'll just read it. Um, crushed beneath a plow with his insides strewn across the field like a trail of damp red blossoms. So Ugh. it's, ooh, excuse me. It's supposed to be like, you know, red mm-hmm. blossoms. It's it's beautiful. They're flowers, but, but it's blood. His innards. Um, and so we... Um, then find that after their dad died, Jordy had sold their farm. Um, and they didn't get much for it. They had to pay out a lot of debts. And Jordy's still a child himself. Mm-hmm. Um, He's 13 and Cass yes. is 9. Mm-hmm. And so they had enough to get to Ketterdam and to keep them um, a little bit comfortable for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, Cass is 9. Jordy's 13. Um, and he was still missing Da, which, um, mm-hmm. not dad, Da. <laughs> <laughs> little baby gas oh my gosh um and that he was scared of leaving the only home that they had ever known and he held tight to his big brother's hand as they made the journey to Ketterdam and Kaz asks Jordy what will happen when they get there and Jordy tells him that he will start um a job as a runner in the exchange um and he has he has a plan to make work his way up um and to become Mm -hmm. a proper merchant and make a fortune and that Kaz will go to school. Um, and Jordy, when Kaz asks Jordy why he won't go to school because mm-hmm. he's still a child, um, Jordy tells him that he's too smart and that he's too old. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Uh, he tells him that he's too smart and too old for school. And so once they got to the city, um, the first few days in the city were all that Jordy had promised they would be. Um, mm-hmm. They rented rooms um, in a, like a nice little boarding house um, not yeah. too far from the exchange. They tried new food, um, and every morning Jordy would go looking for work, and he told Kaz to stay in his room every day um, because there were thieves and pickpockets um, and men who would snap up little boys and sell them to the highest bidder. Um, And so Kaz had stayed inside and pushed his chair every single day. He would push his Mm -hmm. chair up um, and climb on climb onto the chair so he could see himself in the mirror and tried to make coins disappear. So he practiced these magic tricks. It's like sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. It's from the time he was nine when things were still good. Um, and he remembers seeing the first time he saw a magician, the card tricks and things like that, but the disappearing coin, he just couldn't figure out how that worked. So he'd been trying and trying and trying to do it. Um, and then the book says the disaster began with a wind-up dog, which is, it's so, the first time you read it, you're thinking, what does that mean, a wind-up dog? Mm-hmm. How does that, what does that have to do with anything? And um, again, we continue, and Jordy had come 
back from work or sorry, back from trying trying to get work. Um, and he was upset and hungry and tired and no one, he's learning that like the exchange doesn't function the way he thought it did. Mm -hmm. There's lots of nepotism. Mm -hmm. He's like, they say they have no jobs, but they mean no jobs for a boy like me. They both still very much like look and sound like farmer's kids it's clear they're alone mm-hmm. and everybody who works at the exchange knows somebody who knows somebody or mm-hmm. like they're related to somebody. So he's not getting any consideration mm-hmm. for these jobs. And um, Kaz describes that he hadn't been in a mood to try and cheer him up because mm-hmm. he'd been indoors inside for so many days, not doing anything. And he wanted to go down to East Dave to find the magician. Um, and so they went and Kaz is in like a soliloquy kind of moment. Yes, he is. He's he's thinking that it's like what could if, have been different. If Jordan if Jordy had said no to me when I asked to go to East Dave, would things have been different? Um and then he kinda chalks it up to being no, it it probably it probably wouldn't have mattered at all. Mm-hmm. Um and so they went down to East Dave and there had been a boy selling um little mechanical dogs. So in the front round, of the Emerald Palace. Mm-hmm. The Pekka Rollins owns um and so this kid had been selling these little wind-up dogs and Kaz um bent down to try and get all the dogs to go at the same time um and the boy selling them had started talking with Jordy um and it turns out what is what a coincidence dink that the kid um who was trying to sell the wind-up dogs grew up in a town um, not too far from where Kaz and Jordy had been raised, and that he knew someone um, with jobs for runners. Not the exchange, mm-hmm. but a separate office just down the street. And maybe they could go and go get jobs together. And so the next day... Um, this one this one line is so sad, though, because that puts Jordy in a really good mood. He's like, yes, our luck is changing. It says on the way home, Jordy had bought them each a hot chocolate and not just one to share. Because he was so sure that things Ugh. were going to change. They were, like, celebrating. It, like, oh, my gosh. It it's literally heart. heartbreaking. Uh, and he was so confident in in the fact that he was going to make it work for him and his little brother. This mm-hmm. child himself. Thir- barely 13. a teenager. That he was going to make it work for him and his brother. Um, and Kaz thought, I feel lucky now. Um <sighs> And, spoiler, he was not. No. Um, and so the boy who was selling the mechanical dogs, his name was Philip. Um, and the man that he knew um, who would hire them as runners was named Jacob Hertzoon. Um, and he was a minor merchant who owned a small coffee shop um, near the exchange. And so it was like low level, but he would mm-hmm. still hire them. And so um, Jordy and Philip worked for... Uh, Mr. Hertzoon is runners, um, carrying messages from the docks, placing orders for him, things like that. And so while they were doing that, Kaz was allowed to stay at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man who was essentially the barista yeah. would give Kaz... <laughs> That's kind of a funny way to think of it. I mean, it's true. It is true. Um, he would give Kaz all the hot chocolate he could drink. And so this Ugh. is comforting. Jordy doesn't have to worry about his little brother being home by himself all day. He has someone, mm-hmm. and Kaz is, you know, living a life of luxury. Drinking being, hot chocolate, doing magic tricks. Drinking hot chocolate, doing magic tricks, but what also getting attention want? from people yes. um, in a place that he thinks he's safe Dude, in. I want hot chocolate. Oh, that actually sounds really that good. That actually sounds so good. Um, oh, dang it. Um, 
And so um, they were invited to the Hertzunes' home for dinner, which was a grand house. Um, and they describe it. And um, Mr. Hertzun was there, of course, and his wife, Margit. Um, I don't like pronouncing it like that. No, Margit. I, I was like Margit or even Margit. Yeah. Margit. Yeah. Margit, I think, is good. I, I always, in my head, when I was reading it, I would say Marguerite. Right. Um, yeah. So, Margit. Um, and uh, that and their he... Daughter. And their daughter, Saskia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they fed Kaz and Jordy, and Saskia and Kaz played together because they were close in age, and Kaz had thought that she was the most beautiful girl in the world. Um, and he and Jordy would stay late... Um, singing while Margit played the piano and their dog was there and it was the best that Kaz had felt since his father died. And wouldn't you know it that Mr. Hertzun even let Jordy put down tiny bits of his own money on company stocks. <sighs> so mm. um, fast forward they're feeling comfortable they're feeling happy um, and Mr. Her- Mr. Hertzun tells them that he has a friend who mm-hmm. came back from Nova Ziem and that he is the captain of a Kirch trader and that he has a lead on some investments. And so he tells Kaz and, or sorry, he tells Jordy and Philip to go mm-hmm. um, put orders with three separate offices for um, sugar, uh, or through, through three separate offices for sugar because the lead was for sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, and doing it through different offices makes it less suspicious. Um, and then the shares went high and he had, Mr. Hertzun had Jordy and Philip go out and sell what they could. Um, and they came back, you know, very lucrative from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jordy tells Kaz, what did I tell you? Luck and good friends. Because mm-hmm. they're so happy from the success of, of the plan that they've done. And then a few days later, um, Mr. Hertzun tells him of another tip that he received, and then this one was going to be similar, except it was going to be on Jurda. Um, and it was going to be big money, and they need to go in heavy. And Philip tells him that they should go in too, that he and that Philip and Jordy should be allowed to, to go in on this. And Mr. Hertzun tells him that it, it isn't a deal for them, that the minimum investment is too high for either of them. And Philip was furious, and he yelled at Mr. Hertzun and stormed mm-hmm. out. Um, and so Kaz and Jordy were there when that happened, and Mr. Hertzun asked if they're angry with him too, and they say, of course not. Um, like, we um, we trust you, blah, blah, blah. And then um, Jordy insists that he has money um, and that he would be happy to invest if he would let him. And... Mr. Hertzun does let him, but um, what happens is... Kaz says he would always remember that moment when he'd seen greed take hold of his brother, Mm -hmm. an invisible hand guiding him onward, the lever at work. And remember earlier in the book, Kaz told Inej that greed is his servant and lever. It does the Mm -hmm. work for him. He makes it work for him. He doesn't want it to take over him like it did his brother. Mm Mm-hmm. Which he, he kind of has. Um, I know. It's like, <laughs> you know, you can call it what you want, but, like, when you align your pursuits with Pekka Rollins, greed is it's, intricately mm-hmm. involved. Um, and so 
Mr. Hertzoon um, asked his agrees to let Jordy go in with him, and he insists. Yeah, has his business partner come over and drop a contract for a loan from Jordy. So because of how young Jordy was, Jordy would loan the money to Mr. Hertzoon, and Mr. Hertzoon would um, invest it for the trade. Mm -hmm. And so they went over to their house, and Margit fed them, and they signed the papers, and Mr. Hertzoon escorted them back to where they were living. And handed Jordy a loan agreement and said to keep it safe and told him that um, he's trusting him um, and that uh, the deal is the deal. Um, and if something goes wrong, that he was relying on Jordy to not use that document to call in your loan. And Mr. Hertzoon leaves them and tells them, or he tells them to come back to the coffee house a week from today and they'll watch the prices rise together. And gives them some money to let have them last the week. Because they just took all of their life savings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that money, Jordy is expecting... I mean, both Jordy and Kaz are expecting that they'll have money and can will be able to live um, nicely for a while. So they spend that money. They use that week to go a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordy bought a new coat, got Kaz new shoes. They ate waffles, fried potatoes. Jordy bought books. Mm-hmm. Um and then that next week, they walked hand in hand to the coffee. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. It's so awful. <laughs> it's just oh my god. They walked hand in hand to the coffee house, and the coffee house was empty. The door was locked, and it was bolted, and no one was in there. Everything was gone. Um, and Jordy is thinking, no, they they just went out for a while. Um, they'll they'll be back. They'll mm-hmm. be back. And so they waited on the steps for hours. No one came. And so they finally went to the Hertzoon's house, uh, or sorry, they knocked on the neighbor's mm-hmm. door, um, and a maid answered and says, do you know where the family has gone? And the maid tells them, no, they were just visiting, um, that mm-hmm. the house was nearly empty for a year and the last family moved away. It was only rented a few weeks ago. <sighs> oh my gosh. And the maid closes the door on them and they realize that they've been played um well well not really not yet um Kaz is certain to suspect yeah and Jordy is insisting something happened to them there was an accident or emergency they'll write soon they had to leave for a reason they'll send for us they'll, they'll tell us what's going on um and Kaz had Saskia's red ribbon so Hertzoon's daughter he had her red ribbon mm-hmm. um and held it in his hand um and this is the quote that Jordan read um mm-hmm. he lay in bed and tried to pray but all he could think of about was the magician's coin there and then gone. So we see why he doesn't have faith in religion mm-hmm. and things like that, and why he kind of like sees people as easy marks and pigeons and stuff the way. Because like he looks back at him his himself as a child, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have empathy for that child. He's mm-hmm. thinking, "You stupid child. He's like, you, you should have been smarter. You should have been better. You should have known it was so obvious. They would an, an adult would never let a child do this. Yeah, an adult like we had. I not stopped at these stands. Had I not done this, I was such an easy mark. Jordy and I were such easy marks. And they were children. Mm-hmm. And then again with the praying. He's mocked Inej for her praying to the saints and has said that greed is his god um, that guides him. But you can also see that he prayed so hard for this to work out. Um, yep. And 
a little bit of a spoiler. It does not get better. It, in no. fact, gets worse. No, this is... This is like a, this is the apex of a very long fall. Uh huh. You're like this is on a roller coaster. You are going up, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy. I cannot believe <laughs> we're that is be happening. Rich. Oh my gosh. And then we are at the very top. We were like, oh man, that's a bummer. Yes. They got played. It's about to get a whole lot we're crazier. At, we're at the top, and we're looking down, thinking that's how far we have to mm-hmm. fall. And, and then there's keep, another bigger we're fall. We're going to keep falling. And then the roller coaster is going to go off the rails like a sadistic <laughs> child playing roller coaster tycoon. Pretty much. Oh. So, not great. Um, and reading that again. It's so hard. It's so it hard. It just breaks your heart. Because uh, you, you know that things like this happen. That people take advantage yes. of, of others and of children and... Hopefully not to this extent. I don't, I don't know. There's, especially online now. Yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like it is happening still. Stuff icky. like this. Icky, icky, icky. And it's like, you know, you think, like, Philip was a paid actor. Yeah. He blew, he blew up at him mm-hmm. and stormed out to make them feel more sympathetic to mm-hmm. her tune. So mm-hmm. they would be more likely to sign over their mm-hmm. life savings. Like, the entire thing was constructed. Yuck. For money that he probably doesn't even really need. No! You know? Like, doing it because he can. Yeah. So anyway, that is the end of chapter 18. And now we're on to chapter 19 with Matthias. He's not the worst. <laughs> he, I mean, eh. um, He's not. He's not. He gets better, though. He has a lot of biases that he has to break down. Which um, don't we all? Yeah. He has a lot, though. He does have a whole lot. I, I'm going to go out and say... He probably has the most of I, of of our friends and the he, crows. He does have he does have a lot of character growth. So we'll get yes. there. Um, and so Matthias is feeling all the emotion. He is as they near Fierda. The Fierdan like national anthem is playing in his head. He's crying, pretty much. Um, you said that, and I was just thinking Genovia. <laughs> probably. It's I know probably the, not far off. I know the national anthem of that of Genovia. <laughs> that's incredible. I love the Princess Diaries. Anyway, so good. That's what's happening. That's Matthias. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you go from this and this and give you a princess. It's like it's like Hellgate Matthias <laughs> and Driscilla Matthias <laughs> and Nina Taylor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I give you this. Oh. Hellgate. I give you this Triskela. <laughs> and give you a princess. <laughs> An empathetic human being. <laughs> Which we're not asking for much. We're but... really not. <laughs> so anyway, um, as they're near Fierda, Matthias is feeling all the things and he wasn't mm-hmm. expecting it. Um, but he, as they're getting closer, he's thinking of everything that has led him to this point. Um, and what he's about to do, and he's having more dissonance about that and um, being a traitor to his country. Um, and as he's preparing the gear for the cold weather, because, they, again, they're going into Fierda, which is, mm-hmm. like, Icelandic. Um, or, I guess, I don't know, Siberia. Cold. It's cold. There's ice. Yes. Um, and um, as he's preparing the gear for everyone... Because he's the only one who knows how cold it is. <laughs> yes. Nina comes up and says that Kaz um, told her to uh, send her to unshackle him because he was still tied up this whole time. Yep. Um, and she also tells him that Kaz wants her to tailor him. 
uh, to change his eye color um, and hair. And she tells him that it won't be permanent because mm-hmm. she, when she says that she has to tailor him, he kind of has a visceral reaction of like, yep. no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, she tells him, or he asks her for the key. Um, and so she gives it to him and he unshackles himself and she brings her box over to tailor him mm-hmm. um, and pulls out some pigments and he's mm-hmm. asking what it is. Um, and she tells him and uh, tilts his chin back so she because she's changing again his eye color and his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, unclench your jaw. You're going to grind your teeth down to nothing. <laughs> and he's defiantly sitting He's like there. a little kid right he now. He is. <laughs> it's like when all of the... Um, different knickknacks are getting the beast ready for dinner yeah <laughs> and beauty like, and the beast no. and they're putting like the bows on it and he's like i look stupid that's literally <laughs> like, that's Matthias literally him right, right now. now um and so nina tries to make light and um is is joking around saying tis a sad story indeed my child his teeth were winnowed away by a vexatious grisha and now he can eat only pudding <laughs> and he's like stop it <laughs> um and so she's, she tells him, what? Just keep your head tilted back. Mm-hmm. Um, and he again asks what she's doing after she already explained it to him. But she mm-hmm. tells him that she's darkening his brows and his lashes. Um, because not only can you just do his hair, matching brows and lashes, that's going to give it away a little bit. Not going to lie. Yeah. Um, and then she tells him to close his eyes um, and change the color of his lashes. Mm-hmm. And he says that he didn't even realize that he was holding his breath. And then he... See, when Kaz thinks something, he says something dumb. Matthias doesn't think. He just says... Yeah, Matthias has no filter and he hates mm-hmm. himself for it. Yeah. He says, you don't smell like roses anymore. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I shouldn't be smelling people. Like, I shouldn't be taking note. And, like, her hair is, like, around, like, falling down around his face. They are, they are in very close proximity. Yes, they are. Um, and uh, he's thinking, I shouldn't be noticing her scent. And she immediately comes back with, like, oh, I probably smell like boat. <laughs> and he's like, no, she smelled sweet. Perfect. Like, and then he goes, is that toffee? <laughs> she's like, yeah. She says um, that Kaz told her <laughs> to pack what you need, pack what was necessary. And she says, a girl has to eat, which amen, girl. Amen. Um, and so she reaches into her pocket and pulls out some toffee and offers Matthias uh, one. And he's like, no. But his thoughts are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I... If I had a plate of, like, C's candy toffees and some hot chocolate, oh. I'd be the happiest bitch in the world right now. I'll oh. bring that for the next day you're born. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know if I should eat toffee because my retainer oh. broke. Oh, my gosh. I and forgot. I, I swallowed part of my retainer. <laughs> I'm sure it was not delicious. <laughs> so if we have you any... Could, if we you have can any, suck on it. You don't have to chew it. If we have any orthodontist listening, let me know if I should go to the doctor. <laughs> For swallowing part of my permanent retainer. I think you're fine. I like I what I'm David fine. said about it. Yeah. Um, I think you're a, okay. It's been a few days. I think we're okay. That's probably gone. <laughs> um, and so in his internally, he does want toffee, but he says no. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then his his soliloquy moment yes. is um, he's thinking it was a humiliating epiphany, but he knew he could have watched her eat all day. She, the, one of the things that he loved about her was that she savored everything. Um, he appreciates her. Mm-hmm. And I think 
I don't, she never comes like straight out and says it, but it's like heavily implied that Nina isn't just like curvy. She's like plus size, mm-hmm. and we love that. Mm-hmm. We stand. Yes. But he he's like, oh, you you eat, girl. You go. He's like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and so then she moves to changing the color of his eyes and tells him that she's gonna have to keep. He's gonna have to keep them open. Um, and when he asks what the bottle that she has is. Um, she says it's a tincture developed by Jenya Safin. Um, we love Jenya. We know her. Um, and that it's the safest way to do it. And then she leaned in. <laughs> uh, and they are inches from each other. And he's thinking, if I sat up straighter, we'd be kissing. Uh, and she says, you have to look at me. And he goes, I am. <laughs> in his mind. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you said that, uh, and again, I thought of Nacho Libre. <laughs> My mind. <laughs> That's Matthias right now. Oh my gosh. I use my hands to, to wipe, wipe my, my tears. tears. No, 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 Jose. <laughs> this is Matthias' internal monologue right now. He's like so poetic. Do you remember this shore, Nina? But he knows that she does. And so instead he yeah, asks. Yeah, except, yeah, but the remembering the shore is, like, not a great thing. Because it was, like, some trauma that we're about yeah. to get into. So. Yeah, but also some good times, too. Yeah, well, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> Some good times, some bad times. Um, and so he asks what color she's making his eyes. Um, and she tells him to be quiet. And he keeps asking. And then she's like, do you want me to blind you? Let me concentrate. And so he stops talking. Mm-hmm. And then, um... She says brownish, like toffee, and then winks, because she just can't help but flirt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Matthias asks her what she intends to do about Boyle Bayer, and she, her demeanor completely changes, mm-hmm. and she asks, what What do you mean? Um, and then he's thinking, uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, because like, she was, we, we were chilling a little bit, we were vibing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we had a little bit, little bit of a rapport going on. Um, but he tells her, you know exactly what I mean. I don't believe for a second you'll let these people hand Bo Yul Bayer over to the Kirch Merchant Council. Um, and so she doesn't answer mm-hmm. <laughs> and says, we'll have to do this at least two more times before we get to the ice court. This being tailoring him. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, tailoring is not permanent. It just lasts a few days. Um, and she says she tells him to get his things together and that Kaz wants him to be ready to... Um, leave in an hour <laughs> and she walks away yep <laughs> these boys and these girls they just know how to they just man um so then we get a little bit of a jump and mm-hmm. um at this point uh they are getting off the boat and they start to trek through tr- ugh, they start to trek through Fierda. that's really hard to say mm-hmm. um and the ice is making it difficult for them and as they continue on, it is noted that Kaz left his cane with the crow's head um, for a on the ship and is using the less conspicuous mm-hmm. walking stick. Jesper had left his revolvers and has other guns. And Inej mm-hmm. had done the same with her um, knives and only kept the ones that she could um, not bear to part with. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, just to be less conspicuous because they are going into enemy territory. Yep. <laughs> And so as they continue, everyone was struggling to adjust to the cold, except Matthias, because um, mm-hmm. he is, again, Fjordan and was a Druskela. 
Um, and he's leading the group and warned them to keep their eyes covered because they could go blind like snow blindness. Yep. Um, he thought that the quote, um, or sorry, as they're continuing, it's icy and everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of struggling, but he thought that the quote, (laughs) um, barren and brutal land was beautiful because the ice bore Mm -hmm. the spirit of gel, the, um, feared in Scott. Yep. And, um, the first day of travel was quiet and Matthias described it as cleansing, mm-hmm. um, because this is the first time he's been back to his country since he was in Hellgate and it's like being back home, but he's also again, having some dissonance about what they're doing, what he should do, what former him would do, what current him is doing and yep. will continue to do. <laughs> Um, He's going through it. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Matthias is going through it this entire time. Honestly. They all are going through they, it. They really are. They really are. Um, and so uh, the first day is peaceful um, and cleansing. And then the second day, Kaz begins to go over the plan in detail. Um, and again, Matthias is still having that dissonance about what he should do. Um, noting that a man with honor like Brum would just tell the guards once they were there and put an end to it Ugh. all. um just note we don't think brum has any honor no and hopefully y'all don't either we haven't learned much about him but we will we will i think we've learned enough about him to know that he doesn't have honor yes and we'll learn even more because like a lot of like like matthias a lot of the other fyrdans that we'll interact with you can see how their culture has made them the way they are yes brum is worse brum takes pleasure in what they're doing brum is the one creating the culture and the thing is like even within the culture pre-Brum, it was not supposed to be a thing of pleasure. Mm-hmm. It was more of like penance. Yeah. But Brum enjoys it. Yeah. He's awful. Icky. <laughs> so gross. And so Kaz goes through the plan, and um, I'm not going to describe it right now because we will get to the point where they are enacting the plan, and it's a lot easier to describe then. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, he assigns Jesper, Nina, and Matthias to patrol the top level of the prison in the ice palace, in the ice court. And Jesper asks if that is the most ideal pairing. And Cass says that it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he continues describing that they'll go based off the chimes of the elder clock in the ice court. And he hands out more rolls. And then Jesper um, is again complaining because he is assigned to be with Wylan. So Kaz, you know, he he can't handle his own relationship with Inej. So he's pushing <laughs> the other ones together. Wylan yep. and Jesper, Nina and Matthias, always together. He knows. He knows. He's thinking, you know what? I can't have an edge, but my friends, they're going to... They're going to... I see you, friends. Yeah. Um, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> A um, lot of them. And so Matthias is still struggling, listening to the plan and the destruction that they'll cause with all the backup plans that Kaz has in place. Um, and as they move further south, they start to quiz each other on the different protocols and what the back stra- or what the best strategies are um, moving forward mm-hmm. um, about the different protocols. And Matthias is just thinking, traitor, traitor, traitor. Um, <laughs> and they're going over yellow protocol, sector disturbance, red protocol, sector breach, black protocol. Yep. Everything. Um, and after uh, they're continuing on, and then after joking about music... With Wyland's flute and Nina's bad singing voice, um, Matthias, Matthias looks back at her, um, not wanting to, but mm-hmm. needing to, 
And he looks back at her and thinks, why do I keep doing that? I'm like, ugh. <laughs> He's telling himself to ignore her, but then he would continue to seek her out. <laughs> yep. He's he's got it bad. <laughs> so bad. Um and oh my gosh, I love the way it's described cuz he's still thinking about Nina and in the book it says mm-hmm. Nina had blown into his life with the wind and rain and set his world spinning. He'd been off balance ever since. Oh. Uh, oh, so it's good. Just done so well. Um and so for this one, we just get a jump to a flashback. Yep. Honestly, I think it was done beautifully because that sentence of how he describes Nina. Yes, it it goes directly into, and here's how that happened. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of established that Nina is a force. And Nina being described as the wind and rain and setting Mm -hmm. his world spinning. I, oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's so good. So good. Um, so the way Jordan was freaking out about Inej um, <laughs> and Cass, I am freaking out yes. about over Nina and Matthias. Um, so good. So flashback. Yeah, Jordan, you should just record all our <laughs> all our sounds, all of our stings for these. Um, and so we are back to where they are on the ship, not the ship. To go to Fierda, but the slave ship that, um, Grisha slave ship that both, where Nina and Matthias met. And so they're on the ship and, um, it's described that a storm came out of nowhere, um, and it was tossing the to- the ship like a toy on the waves. And Matthias remembers the darkness of the water, how terribly mm-hmm. cold he was, how silent and quiet the deep water was and then the mm-hmm. next thing he knew he was spitting up salt water gasping for breath and someone had an arm an arm around his chest and they were moving through the water um and even though it was cold Ugh. because they're in the fjord and sea um yep. he was somehow bearing it and oh my gosh <laughs> it's um, just so good uh, <laughs> <laughs> um nina um or Matthias hears, wake up, you miserable lump of muscle, but in Fjerden, and he's super confused. Yeah, it's like spoken like a noble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then realizes that uh, it was the Grisha who had been um, in the hold of the ship that he brought water to. Oh, wow. And then he hears her also kind of muttering to herself in Rabkin and is thinking, oh, I knew she wasn't Kalish. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then he's like, wait a second, she got free. How did she get out? And then he also realizes that she's holding on to him. Um, and so he's he's panicking. Mm-hmm. He's super confused. He woke up. He was basically drowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is telling him to move um, because... Nina at this point is holding both she and Matthias in a storm. Doing on like the a sea. lifeguard stroke, but. That's hard Doing to her do. Best. It, that's hard by that yourself. Hard. That's hard in a pool, and let with, alone the ocean. With a lump of country muscle like <laughs> Matthias to take care of. Like, um, and so she was struggling, um, but she'd saved his life. And he was wondering, why did she do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and so then he starts to kick um, in the water and is starting to like move, propel them forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asks where they are and she tells him, I don't know because mm-hmm. they were just in a shipwreck and she's been under the ship. Yes. She has not seen the light of day for Lord knows how Honestly. long. How would she know where they are? Mm-hmm. These boys. Stupid. Um, 
And so when she says, I don't know, he kicked away from her. Stupid. <laughs> Dumbass. Pendejo. <laughs> because then immediately he's like, I don't feel good. Because she had been keeping both of their temperatures up and keeping his heart beating. Yeah. So when he tries to kick away, she's telling him, don't let go. Not because she doesn't want to be next to him, but because she has been keeping him warm. Um, <laughs> and so he feels, it's the, I don't feel very good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> Um, and so as soon as he lets go of her, he feels the pain and the cold that she was keeping at bay. Mm-hmm. And does he thank her? No. He says, Trushe! Um, which is Fjordan for which I'll say, I pronounce it pretty good. I think you I did. Wow. I think you did. If y'all want me, um, in season three, <laughs> <laughs> just to shout, Trushe! <laughs> Be happy to. Um, and so he's like, Trushe! Uh, and he's scared, and he's mm-hmm. kind of ashamed of that. Again, learning, growing. Mm-hmm. And she responds, Druskella! Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're, like, treading water, and he feels his fingers brush against hers, and then pulls her to him. <sighs> and then he's he's saying that she didn't feel warm, but as soon as they made contact, the pain that he was feeling went away. And, and he feels he, both grateful and repulsed. Lots of dissonance going on. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I think in when describing the word dissonance, if anyone's like, "What does that mean?" Just have a picture Matthias. of Just cognitive dissonance right there. <laughs> and then this, um, I'm sure you're going to talk about this too. It's exactly <laughs> like I think when they did this part in the show, because this is one of the parts Nina and Matthias's flashbacks are in the show. I think they just lifted this whole thing for the script because it is word for word accurate. It is done so like like well. the little I'll swim. He said, "You, I'll, I'll swim. swim." I can see oh. that scene because mm-hmm. like they did it exactly, and then he performed that so yeah. well. So it's it's perfect. So real quick before he gets to the I'll yes. swim. Yes. Um, Nina tells him that she can't swim and keep both of their hearts beating because. It's cold water, you know, cold is going to slow your heart down mm-hmm. um, to preserve that. And so she needs her energy um, to be focused on keeping them alive and he has to swim. And so she's telling him, I can't do, I can't swim and keep both our hearts beating. And then he says, I'll swim. You, I'll swim. And the way oh. it is written, beautifully written, but the way it is performed it's in the show. so good is exactly how you picture it when you're reading like, it. Like, word for word, like... Not only word like for word. Perfect. The timing. Yes. The execution. The tone. His expression. The inflection. His expression, because he, mm-hmm. he as the actor as Matthias, is having that dissonance of, yes. should I, should I not? And you can see that come across his face. Mm-hmm. It is done so, so freaking well. well. It's truly... Probably one of my favorite moments in the show, the scene. I am a Nina and Matthias. It's just so Dan. good. I we were both traveling for work at the time, and you sent me a picture of the scene, and you were like, ah, and I was like, I'm also watching right now. We were in different just, states, and we were watching the same thing at the same time, because we were invested. It's just so good. Um, so, it's done so well. If The entire show is good, but if you were going to compare the show and the book for any scene... This this is the one in the show. This is one of the best text to screen adaptations I've ever seen. Full stop. Yes, 
not even the whole series or any this moment yeah this moment is so good um because you get the his pause his matthias thinking about what he should do what he's been taught his entire life mm-hmm. to what is actually happening and then the actress who plays nina also so good oh my gosh um and so he says i'll swim you i'll swim mm-hmm. and so oh my gosh my heart just uh so good yeah nina can stop my heart she did <laughs> in this scene so <laughs> um it's true and so he like pulls her Grabs her like a lifeguard mm-hmm. and um, he starts swimming. What I will say in the show, they were on like a piece on some of driftwood, driftwood, which made more sense because yes. um, I'm not gonna lie, at care like lifeguard holding someone in thinking the ocean, about like the mechanics of that. I'm just thinking about like fighting against the current myself. Mm-hmm. Like I, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. Bondi Rescue. They use boards. They use. <laughs> I know you said boards, but I heard Boris, and I was like, who is Boris? Is that the name of the board? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking, this is Boris. So anyway, in the show, they're on a piece of driftwood, and yeah. Matthias is, is pushing them to shore, mm-hmm. and Nina She's is keeping, keeping them, them warm. So like Titanic, except both of them get to live, oh, because they use their strengths. The power of common sense. <laughs> The power of conversation. Oh, there you go. And so uh, they continue on, and he describes that there is no sound, but they're breathing and the slosh Mm -hmm. of water, and they're going, and neither one of them wants to be the first one to, like, say anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he asks, why did you save me? And she tells him, stop wasting energy, don't talk. Mm -hmm. He continues to talk and says, why did you do it? And she says, you're a human being. And he doesn't believe her. He's mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, if we make land, she she's going to need a big, strong hunk of country muscle, Fjordin, um, to survive. To, to help her to survive. Even though she literally po- spoke to him in perfect Fjordin, like, not even yeah. that long ago. He's dumb. He's just, now he's trying to do what Kaz is trying to do and justifying it to himself. Yep, exactly. Um, so, she he's thinking that she wouldn't do this with unnatural gifts, like, they're predators that she wants something from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're continuing and he continues to kick, but he's getting, they're both getting tired. And so as he's kicking, he's starting to feel colder and colder. And he says, giving up already, which, um, mm-hmm. and so she wakes up and says that she'll match, uh, his pace and that if they die, it'll be his burden to bear in the next life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they go back and forth taunting each other, and that's what keeps them awake, and that's what keeps them going. And then in the morning, um, as the dawn is coming up, they finally see land. Um, and so they're going, they're going, they're going, um, and eventually their feet finally touch the bottom, and they're half swimming, half crawling to shore. And as soon as they broke apart, Matthias's body flooded with misery, it says, mm-hmm. um, and he dragged himself over um, to the shore because uh, it's ice. It's, again, we're in Fjorda. It's icy. It's cold. So, again, think Titanic, how cold it is, the glacier, ooh, chilly. Same thing. Um, yep. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> chilly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're up there. Matthias is 
freezing. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, it says that both of them, it was really hard for both of them to walk at first because they've been swimming and using their powers for so and long. they're so cold. And they're so cold. Um, and uh, Nina was on her hands and knees. Um, and he thought that she was just going to lie down and not get back up. And so he got up and started walking, but then he turned back and then thinks, um, for some reason she saved my life last night and now, um, and not once, but again and again, like he feels like he says that's a blood debt because mm-hmm. so, she used her life to keep him alive. He, yeah, he owes her. Um, and so he goes back and offers her his hand um, and she takes it and they start walking, which going back to the show, this part when um, they get to the shore, Nina gets up and the shot mm-hmm. of um, Nina like flipping her hair and it's like a close up of yep. her. That is like the perfect Nina shot. It I really think. is. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, never mind. Um, <laughs> um, just, I'll tell you after. It's just so good. <laughs> um and so they're walking, um, and they Matthias is hoping that they're heading west, but they don't know, and they're getting cold. I mean, they're they're freezing. They're oh, yeah. wet and cold. Um, and then they finally spot a whaling camp um, that was deserted because it's only active in the spring, and so it's just like like a little hunting cottage essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they found shelter. The door didn't have a lock, and so they got in, um, and. Uh, they get there and um, they find that the people who were there before had left like some kindling um, and Matthias mm-hmm. is trying to build the fire <laughs> um, to get more than smoke. <laughs> and then he hears rustling movement behind him. And so he turns around. And he turns and almost drops the piece of driftwood um, and asks, what are you doing? Because he glances <laughs> over and sees Nina her very bare shoulder. Oh. <laughs> and she's like, is there supposed, to, is there something I'm supposed to be doing? And he's like, put your clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him, I'm not going to freeze to death to preserve your sense of modesty. Because they are in They're in wet freezing clothing. wet clothes. And that's like the first thing you learn in survival mm-hmm. training is like, you do not stay in wet clothes. Apparently not the Druskella. Yeah. Um. They're like, then freeze. <laughs> and he's like, even her under things. <laughs> He's scandalized. He is agog. He is a guest. And so she takes her clothes off, and then because it's a whaling college cottage, they have like furs there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she finds one of the furs and wraps it around her. Um, and uh, he's clearly distracted, um, but she's like moving um, over, and he sees parts of her that are exposed from oh, the... He's from literally the, like a little Amish boy, like, an ankle, a calf. <laughs> oh my gosh. And he's like, it's deliberate. <laughs> she's doing this on purpose. She's, just, <laughs> she's trying to rattle me. She has this fur around her. She's just she's trying to just stay trying. alive. And we have all had that situation where you have a blanket and it's an awkward length and so you're trying to be fully covered up but like your toe's sticking out and so you cover your toe and then like your knee's sticking out and so you cover your knee and then your shoulder's sticking out. We've all been there. It's I just was thinking, like have awful. we all been in this situation, Jordan? Yeah. Where where is this going? No, we've <laughs> Cause the skin that she's using is not a good it's, it's an, not it's a snuggie no. it's not a robe it's an awkward size i have a blanket like that in my bed right now it's like it's perfect as a shawl mm-hmm. but it will not fully cover me and you do that little shuffle of what part of me is the best to be mm-hmm. cold right now so he is 
scandalized. Um, <laughs> and the, he's so taken aback and distracted that the driftwood snaps in his hands. And she's just like, she's happy. She's, she's, she's eating it up. Yes. Um, and she says, for sake, Saint Thuskela, what's wrong with you? I just wanted to be warm. I promise not to ravish you in your sleep. And he's like, I'm not afraid of you. She what says, was that? <laughs> it was pretty good. I was like, it's Fearden. Um, and she's it, like, then you're as stupid as you look. Oh my gosh, so good. Ugh, just kiss already. Um, and once we, I'll we'll go over the show in just a little bit again. But mm-hmm. it's just this still continue. This is still happening in the show. Um, because in the show, Nina and Matthias aren't with the crows yet, but we get flashbacks of them because their characters are introduced. And mm-hmm. so I'm glad we get this flashback um, to build up to where we are in the next season so we yes. can go more into the backgrounds of the other characters. I agree. I think that was done very so well. So it made a lot of sense. And so um, back to the book. Um, so <laughs> he is thinking that um, it shouldn't, he, he didn't want to be, it shouldn't have concerned him being near her. Like he shouldn't be this worried. And he's adjusting. Um, mm-hmm. Again, over-adjusting like Kaz. Yes. He's like, I don't want to be near her because she's a killer. That's why. She's uh-huh. a killer and a witch. I wrote, nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, eventually, he... Um, Nina had kind of made a... He got... Like a little nest. <laughs> yeah. Nina made a little nest next to the fire that Matthias built. And he gets up and goes towards the blankets. And then Nina tells him to stop. She said, whoa, cowboy. <laughs> I don't think so. Not in all those wet clothes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can keep our blood flowing. It'll be fine. And she says, I'm exhausted. And the second I fall asleep, the fire is the only thing that's going to keep us warm. And then she says, are all feared and so prudish? And I love his his internal lo- No. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> he really didn't he, know. <laughs> no. Because he's part of like a holy order. They're supposed to be chased until they take wives. Allegedly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, remember the Fjordan who doused Nina with water? Mm-hmm. Gross. But Matthias is a rule follower. Yeah, no, Matthias is the one who's like, okay, they said that, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, and boys go. So, so, um, she asks, are all Fjordans this prudish? And he says, are all Grisha so immodest? I'm trying to do the <laughs> accent and I just can't. Um, and, uh... She tells him, boys and girls train side by side together in the first and second armies. There isn't a lot of room for maidenly blushing. And he says, it's not natural for women to fight. And this is so good. <laughs> and her, the actress's delivery of this line in the show was so, so good. good. She says, um, it's not natural for someone to be as stupid as he is tall. And yet, and yet there, there you stand. stand. Did you really swim all those miles just to die in this hut? And then he does what any man does when he knows he's wrong. It's a lodge. Not a hut. So it's like, let's pick the one thing that I can actually nitpick in this sentence. It's a lodge. And you don't know that we swam miles, which is translated. You're right, but I don't want to admit it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be nitpicky. Yeah. Um, and so this is this quote, this, this dialogue is in the show. And it is done so well. So essentially any mm-hmm. of the, almost any of the dialogue they have in the book from this scene was put into the show. Mm-hmm. And it is... So well done. Mm-hmm. We have some more coming up as well. So sorry, I'll wait to talk about it a little bit. Um, <laughs> just, I know we got some real good lines coming. I'm just so excited. <laughs> um, and so uh, he's trying to to prove that he's right. He isn't. Um, <laughs> and she tells him as she's closing her eyes, "I can't believe your face is going to be the last thing I see before I die." 
and he kind of takes that as a dare and makes sure that she isn't looking and then takes his clothes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, looks at her to make sure that she isn't looking at him and then goes over to the blankets and um, gets under them next to her. And she says, uh, closer to Skella. Um, and so then he threw, like, put his arm over her, um, and pulled her closer, and he tells her to stop moving, um, but she says, you're cold and clammy. It's like lying next to a burly squid. And he's like, you told me to get closer. (laughs) (laughs) Then he says, he's been close, he'd been close to girls, not many, it was true, but none of them had been like her. She was indecently round. (laughs) Which, love the way that's described. Yes. Um, (laughs) and... Uh, so he turns around, or she turns to face him, mm-hmm. um, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I'm a virgin. <laughs> he's, he's having a lot of emotions. And she's just like so worldly compared to him. She's like, relax, this isn't where I have my way with you. And then he says, I hate the way you talk. And then um, he was thinking, did he imagine the hurt that flashed across her face? Um, and she says, do you think I care what you like or don't like? And then she puts her hands on his chest and, um, like warms him up, Mm -hmm. um, with her powers. And he's thinking that he shouldn't let her do this, that she is, has this power over him, that she is holding his life in her hands by doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. but he's feeling relief and warmth from it. Um, and then she says, you're welcome, you big idiot. Um, and turns around. And then this part of the book ends with him uh-huh. saying, he or him thinking, he lied. He did like the way she talked. Because he just said, I hate uh, the way you talk. Uh, uh, but he loves it. <laughs> he does. Um, and that was also in the book, or in the show, in the Big mm-hmm. Burly Squid comment. Yes. Literally the dialogue taken from like, this word moment was put in the show. And uh, it was performed so, so well so because there well. are other parts in the show where you get mm-hmm. direct quotes from the book but not entire dialogue scenes yeah. um that whole scene was pretty much exactly shot for shot and it's like reading reading this part the show is exactly what i ma- i imagined when reading this part exactly it was like when i went to go see hamilton <laughs> like i i was like the top percent of listeners <laughs> one year yes. for hamilton and I finally got to go see it, and it lived up to every expectation, mm-hmm. and this was that. That's the only, like, just saying it met my expectation isn't enough. Yes. You know how much I love Hamilton. Yes. It feels the same way. It's just incredible. And obviously, he's so in love with her. So. Yes. <laughs> and then we beautifully transition back to the present, where he says he still did. He still likes the way she talks. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so, in the present, they're walking um, in Fierda again, and uh, Matthias looks at Nina, and she's trying to teach Inej the um, correct pronunciation of some Fierden. And then she sees him looking at her, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gives this lame ass excuse of warning them not to eat the snow. <laughs> Don't eat the snow; <laughs> it'll just make you cold. <laughs> he just wanted to look at her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he continues because he's leading the group, and then he tells everyone to stop um, that they don't want to. Um, doesn't get to finish a sentence, mm-hmm. and uh, it was too late. They all had caught up to him. Nina clapped her hands over her mouth. Inej made some kind of um, warning sign in the air. Mm-hmm. Jesper shook his head, and Wylan gagged, <laughs> um, and Cass oh. still his Wylan expression. has no, no gag. 
Oh, his gag reflex is so bad. No, he's the, what was it, what did you call him? The, um... The litmus test for what a normal person would be like in, this, yeah. in these scenarios. Um, and so they see that a pyre had been made, um, and there were three stakes driven into the ice in the ground, um, and three charred bodies were tied to them. Um, mm. Their skin still smoldering. Again, um, probably need to, trigger warning. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you know what? If you've read this book, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And Wylan asks what it is, and Nina says that that's what Fioridans do to Grisha. Mm. And you can feel the emotion that she is. It's it's desperate. It's sad. These mm-hmm. are her people. Um, and Matthias says, it's what criminals do. The pirates have been illegal. And she cuts him off and says, don't you dare. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's furious because she has seen what the, the Ruskela and what the Fjordans have done to her people. She says, tell me the last time someone was persecuted for, it was prosecuted for putting mm-hmm. a Grisha to the flames. Do you even call it murder when you put down dogs? Um, and, uh, she's, she's going at him. She's upset. Mm-hmm. And while she's yelling at him, they hear a moan. Um, and one of the, one of the Grisha who was burned is still alive. Oh. <laughs> There's just so... It's just ugh. really sad. Um, and Nina is, is crying, and she tries to mm-hmm. to give them a merciful death quick with her powers, but her hands are shaking so much that she can't do it. Um, and she asks someone, please, and immediately Jesper um, comes up and, and shoots them um, for a merciful death, not, not just shooting to shoot, but... Yep. Um, and the, the moaning stopped. And Kaz kind of gets upset. Like, oh my gosh, you just announced our presence. Now everybody within miles will know we're here because Jesper shot. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, no. No, no, no. Nobody Kaz, else wanted to do it. Kaz, this is not the time. Because um, Kaz says, Inej could have done it. And she's like, I did not want to do that. And mm-hmm. Nina physically couldn't. Um, yeah. And so Jesper was able to do that. And again, Jesper coming up right away and helping a friend in need. Very much Jasper. Yes. Um, and so Nina thanks him, and she just keeps going. Um, and Matthias is following her, and is like, you mustn't stray from the group. Um, and she tells him, that's what you're going back to, Helvar. That's the country you serve. Does it make you proud? Mm-hmm. Because he's still feeling this sense. I mean, they both have a sense of patriotism. Um, both different, um, because mm-hmm. they were they raised differently. Um and uh, he's telling her that he never sent a Grisha to the, the pyre, that Grisha are given a fair trial. Um, and she says, then when has a Grisha never been found, or sorry, mm-hmm. then why has a Grisha never been found innocent at the end of your supposedly fair trials? And he can't answer. He, he starts to answer, she mm-hmm. interrupts, but then he's thinking, oh, maybe. But then, dumbass, <sighs> puts his foot in his mouth. Yes. And says, Nina, has it ever occurred to you that maybe you weren't meant to exist? And she's like, are you kidding me? You dumb bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, oh, maybe you shouldn't exist. You're weak and you're soft and you don't live very long and you're super prejudiced and you worship wood sprites and ice spirits who don't give a shit about yourself, but you see real power and you can't wait to stamp it out. And he's immediately like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't mock what you don't understand. Bro, what it, what have you been doing? And what have she, you exactly. been doing? He is like the definition of dish it but can't take it. Mm-hmm. And she says, My mockery offends you. 
my people would welcome your laughter in place of this barbarity. Um, and she looks happy that she said that. Mm-hmm. And she says, Bravka's rebuilding. So is the second army. And when they do, I hope they give you the fair trial you deserve. I hope they put the Druskela in shackles and make them stand to hear their crimes enumerated by the world will ha- enumerated so the world will have an accounting of your evils. I started to be mm-hmm. not in like a really dramatic voice and then turns out I can't read. Um, <laughs> turns out I'm illiterate. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, and then he says, if you're so desperate to see right. Ravka rise, why aren't you there now? And it's like, you stupid idiot. <laughs> For and you, she tells him, homie. I want you to have your pardon. The whole reason I'm here is because... I'm trying to, like, let you be free. But then she says some stuff she shouldn't have said. She goes low. She says, I want you to be here when the second army marches north and overruns every inch of this wasteland. I hope they burn your fields and salt the earth. And then she she really should not have said this. (laughs) I hope they send your friends and your family to the pyre. And then he says they already did. (laughs) But then he's like, I have nothing left to lose. And then she says... Maybe your stay in Hellgate was too short. There's always more to lose. So they are just like lashing out and wounding each other. So we get that really cute, like, just, oh, uh, they're they're in the whaling hut. Oh, they're, <laughs> oh, they're naked. They're, <laughs> they're overcoming their biases and having a conversation is what mm-hmm. I was going to say. Nudity, and then nudity does that. <laughs> And then they're back to reality, and they are both just the worst things they could say about the other person's people are said. Um, and that is the end of 19. chapter 19. <laughs> and we are now in chapter 20 in Nina's point of view. So we're yes. continuing on um, what just happened. And so Nina is having a hard time after seeing the three Grisha who were burned. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's thinking that she can smell them, which is awful. It's just like a, it's so, such a good description of what happened, but also mm-hmm. not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so she tries to remember who Matthias really is and what his kind do, um, but then thinks about how much she enjoys him. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get a flashback. Um, uh, Sorry, I'm gonna sneeze. My nose itches. Oh no, you're good. It's kind of like her perspective of oh, post shipwreck. Okay. Not the same scene, but like a continuation of them mm-hmm. like working their way inland. And so we find that they were together for three weeks um, after the shipwreck, um, and that they um, continued to travel. They didn't know where they were going. Um, they. Um, found shelter when they could um they would spend you know obviously the nights together so in shelters when they could um and uh if they were in a place that had like more shelter um they would sleep on opposite sides of the fire and if they didn't have wood or kindling or fire they fire they would curl up next to each other barely touching um but Mm -hmm. by morning they'd be pressed together breathing in tandem cocooned in muzzy sleep a single crescent moon Ugh. So good. Just mm. admit it. Just admit it. Just admit it. <laughs> and uh, so it also describes that every morning Matthias complained um, how hard it was to wake Nina up. And uh, he says that it's trying to like raise a corpse. <laughs> um, and she says the dead request five <laughs> more minutes. Um, 
and he doesn't understand how she could be a soldier because soldiers have a routine and <laughs> discipline. Um, and uh, she's like, nah, whatever. <laughs> um, and um, then we find that uh, that his that the Grisha um, slaughtered his family in a raid mm-hmm. um, and that Brum took him in. So a little bit of what happened in the last chapter, we get that she knew an inkling of it, but not totally. Yep. But we do find that Grisha killed his family and then Brum took him in um, and raised him to be a Druskela. Mm-hmm. And Nina says that she didn't really want to believe it, but she knew that, that innocent lives were lost, um, but that it was disgusting for Matthias to think of Brum as some kind of father figure. Mm-hmm. And then um, Nina recites the Druskela oath to him. Um, I'm not going to read it in, Dr- in Druskela, in Fjordan. <laughs> um, but it is, I have Ugh. been made to protect you. Only in death will I be kept from this oath. <laughs> and then Matthias is it's like, like how what? do you know that? What? How, how do you know that? Um, and she says that she learned as much about Fjorda as she could so she wouldn't be afraid of them. Um, and when she asks if he's afraid of her, he says no. Uh, and she actually believed him, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, uh, they continued walking, traveling, um, and they have a back and forth dialogue and conversation, and it's, like, humanizing the other person, um, breaking down what they have been taught their entire lives, and then at one point, um, they're talking about food, because Nina loves to eat, we love a girl with a hearty appetite, Mm -hmm. so does Matthias. Yes. (laughs) Um, and she says, I can't wait to see Zoya's face when I come walking into the little palace. And Matthias clocks that immediately and is like, like, Zoya? Nazielinski? Um. She's like, oh, you know, you know her? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, we all know about her. She's, she's a very powerful witch. (laughs) Very powerful. (laughs) (laughs) And Nina kind of realizes that what Brum is to the Grisha, Zoya is to the the Druskela. Mm-hmm. Um. (laughs) Like a monster. And then Matthias changes the topic and yep. asks, how, "How did you how did you get out of the cages?" Um, she's Nina says, "What?" Um, and he reminds her that on the ship she was bound and locked in a cage. Um, and she tells him that the water cup that he brought her had a had a broken handle and mm-hmm. that they used it to cut through their cords, um, and that once their hands were free, they were planning on um, overthrowing the Druskela, um, but then the storm came in. Yep. And that a squalor and a fabricator had smashed a hole in the deck, and but she doesn't know what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they keep going, um, or that she got out, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and then she changes <laughs> the topic mm-hmm. and asks him what Druskela eat. Um, other than other Grisha, than Grisha babies. babies. He's like, we don't eat babies. <laughs> um, and she's like, dolphin blubber, reindeer hooves. <laughs> he's trying so hard. He is. And she's like, he, he like twists his face up and she's like, I wonder if he's nauseous or if like, maybe he's trying not to laugh. And it's really likely he's trying not to laugh. Yeah. And he says that they just eat a lot of fish. Um, <laughs> and she asks him about cake. And he's like, what What about, what about cake? cake? And she says that she loves cake and is hoping that they can find some common ground. Um, and he doesn't really give her a response. Um, yep. And she says, oh, come on, Druskela, because they still hadn't <laughs> no told names. each other their names. 
Um, and so they go on, and <laughs> she's like, I'm not asking you for the nuclear launch codes. I just am asking if you like cake. This is a very simple question. And he's like, yeah, I like cakes, but we can't have indulgences. And she's like, e- any Fjordans or, or just the just the Driskella? And he's like, the Driskella. It's considered an indulgence, like alcohol or... Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second... <laughs> Um, and that that makes him embarrassed he's like oh gee i'm so uncomfortable (laughs) um and they go continue back and forth and nina talks about a dessert that has um alcohol in it so sweet and um alcoholic and And you start it on fire and you have to grab it and it's Mm -hmm. fun i don't think that would be fun no i don't know that's just me um, I'm with Matthias on that one. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to eat a flaming raisin. Sweets and alcohol? Great. Yes. Sweets, alcohol, and fire? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> and so they give each other some crap back and forth. Um, and uh, then Nina asks him why Fjordans don't let girls fight. Mm-hmm. This was also in the show. Uh, and done so, so good. Well. So good. <laughs> um, and he tells her, they don't want to fight. And she says, how? Do you know? Have you right. ever asked one? He's like, feared in women are to be venerated, protected. <laughs> She's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so that's probably a wise policy. And he's like, is it? Like, <laughs> No. <laughs> she was being sarcastic. Um, and then she's like, how embarrassing would it be for you to get trounced by a Fjordan girl? And he doesn't believe her. He's like, mm-hmm. I would. Um, and she tells him that she would love to see him get beaten by a girl. Um, and he's like, not in this lifetime. Ugh. Well, <laughs> and then she says that she'll just have to do it herself. Me and he, he laughed. And again, this dialogue straight into the show, mm-hmm. but this hap in the show, this happens when they're all in the whaling hut. Um, we don't get like the traveling a ton more. They're just really in the hut yeah. most of the time. The traveling is like, there's only like an, another bit after mm-hmm. this for the traveling. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in a second, but, um, it's done so well. <laughs> It's done so well. Like, the, I really cannot, I can't think of another book to screen adaptation where it is done this well. It's just so good. I love it. Um, and so they're laughing and, uh, Nina tells him that she didn't know that he could laugh. Um, and then he says, I enjoy your arrogance, Duche. (laughs) And then she laughs. Um. she's like, what a weird compliment. mm -hmm. And then she pokes some fun at him about like i can't wait to have a bed to myself again she's like "Uh uh-huh i can feel just how much you hate sleeping next to me i feel it every morning and he's and he's like why do you have to say things like that which people in my life actually tell me quite a bit because i'm kind of (laughs) gross and then she says because i like it when you turn red and so they're just going back and forth jibing at each other um and she says um that he doesn't want to like Grisha, um, and that he's scared that if he laughs at her jokes or mm-hmm. answers her question, that he might start to think that she's human and that he can't like her. And then he admits that he does like her, mm-hmm. um, which is so cute. Uh, and she's like, well, is that so bad? And he says, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're horrible. You're loud. You're lewd and treacherous. Um, and he says that Brum warned Ugh. them that Grisha could be charming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so she, that's immediately ammunition for her. Yeah. She's like, oh, I see. 
I'm the wicked Grisha seductress. I have beguiled you with my Grisha wiles. <laughs> and she's poking, like physically poking him. And he's like, stop it, yeah, stop. She's like, no, I'm beguiling you. Again, dialogue <laughs> straight into the yes. show. Uh, um, and so she's dancing around him, like poking fun at him. Um, and she starts to say, like, oh, it's working. And then as she is talking, the ice beneath her breaks and she screams. Um, and she's about to fall through a hole. Into like, a crevasse. <laughs> a crevasse. Um, that is a long way down. And before mm-hmm. she falls, um, Matthias grabs her arm. Um, and she's holding there the only, she's stuck there. The only thing that is keeping her from falling is Matthias holding her up. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a second she thinks that he was going to let her go. Mm-hmm. And she says, please, um... And then he pulls her up, and uh, they're both there, not quite sure what just happened. Mm-hmm. And she says that she thought he was going to let her go, and he says he did too. <laughs> so I thought about it. <laughs> and then they get up, and he introduces himself. He says, I'm Matthias, and she says, I'm Nina. Um, uh, and they shake hands. And again, this ha- this part gosh. does happen in the show where she's poking fun at him. She's like, I'm beguiling you. Yep. And um, then the ice falls. And I, we've talked about it in every single episode. The casting was so well done. So well done. But in the moment when Matthias is, like, holding Nina from Mm -hmm. falling into um, the crevasse, Mm -hmm. um, you can see Matthias going through that emotion of, should I pull her up? Should I let her go? And you see Nina's... Her delivery of the please is yeah. so good. And you see her of, is he going to, her reaction of, is he going like, to pull me up or is he going to let me die? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the show, at this part, they're walking through and when she falls, she loses her her fur that she mm-hmm. has on her. And so in the show, he takes his off and puts it around her. Um, always the gentleman, except not really. Except not really. Uh-huh. I am a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> except... Not really. Not really. Um, but he's trying. Kind of. Sort of. Again, he has a lot of biases to break through. <laughs> he does. He's going through a deconstructive um, phase. And so now they know their names. And so back to present day, um, he goes after her telling... And So mm-hmm. back in present day, it's been more than a year since that had happened. Yep. Um, and he tells her that she can't leave the group... Um, and he turns her around, like, grabs her arm and turns her around. But she uses her powers to cut off his air supply. Um, and he holds her, even though she's cutting off his air supply, and tells her to stop. Um, and uh, they let each other go. And she asks him what they'll see once they get to the ice court. Um, and mm-hmm. goes through a list of, like, bad things that could possibly be there. And he realizes that she's scared. Because, mm-hmm. again, Fierdens are known to kill and torture Grisha. And so she's worried about what she'll see of her people when she gets to Fierda. Yep. And so he realizes that she's scared. Um, and she goes through all the worst things that they could be doing. And he tells her that her judgments have to stop. Um, and then the mm-hmm. others catch up. <laughs> and they tell Oof. him that they need to make their peace with each other. And then Matthias gets upset and says, you've all been taken by her. Um, this is what she does. This is what she does. She turns you. She beguiles you. <laughs> um, and then he reveals the betrayal that has been mm-hmm. hinted at in the book. Because um, he's like, you think she's your, fr- she makes you think she's your friend. And then, and then, and then says, then what? 
huh? Mm-hmm. Continue on through Skella. Um, and uh, Nina says, let it go, Inej. And Matai says, no, tell them. You said you were my friend once. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. We traveled together for three weeks. I saved her life. We saved each other. When we got to Elling, we... I could have revealed to her the soldiers we we saw there at the time, but I didn't. I borrowed money. I arranged lodging. I was willing to betray everything I believed in for the sake of her safety. When I saw her down to the docks so we could try to book passage, there was a Kirch trader there ready to set sail. Ask her what she did to them. Ask her what she did then. This honorable ally. This girl who stands of ju- in judgment of me and my kind. And so he's hinting. He's hinting. It's this very powerful monologue yes. that he's having. Um, and he says, tell them, Nina, they should know how you treat your friends. And she says that she told the Kirch that he was a slaver and, um, that he'd taken her prisoner and she threw herself at their mercy and begged Mm -hmm. them to help her. Um, and so they took Matthias, um, arrested Mm -hmm. him as a slaver and Kaz knew the truth because you can't keep anything from Kaz. Yeah. But it's like this heartfelt, Matthias is finally letting his emotions be known about what happened, um, about this betrayal, about how he, he had betrayed everything he had been taught his entire life to help her. Mm -hmm. And then she went and turned on him. Um, and so she says that Kaz knew, um, but, uh, she, um, knew that it would get Matthias out of where they were. And mm-hmm. Matthias says that he didn't know what was happening, that he didn't understand the language, that all of a sudden mm-hmm. people were just um, uh, shack- like um, handcuffing him, and they put him in a in the brig and kept him there. Um, and Nina tells him that she had no choice. And Matthias, there's oh. something that he doesn't know. Yeah, which we'll find out we'll find in just out. a second. Um, but Nina says that she had no choice. Mm-hmm. And Matthias asks if she could go back, would she undo what she did to him? And she immediately is like, no, no. I would do it. Um, and before anything else can happen, uh, there's a little rumble in the ground. It's like, are we on a fault line? Yeah. That is not going to be my first thought. Like... <laughs> This is where I resonate with Wyland because I would have thought the same thing. Wyland's like, "Are we on a fault line?" Right, and Matthias is like, "What? No." <laughs> um, and then the ground around them literally shoots up. Like, yes, like a mountain, a a large hill is coming out. What is? Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. Like think of like mm-hmm. Frozen, Elsa. Yes, um, making like slabs of ice mm-hmm. and earth. And they're so confused. Jesper yells, what the hell is this? (laughs) Um, And Inej is like, it's an earthquake. And Nina says, no, they're under attack. Um, And so they're all kind of trying to find, to take cover. um, And they see that, Nina sees that someone is above them, like hovering in air, flying. And she's super confused because she Mm -hmm. says that Grisha squalors, they can control current, but... Unless and like they can play at like fly, but they can't. Mm-hmm. They don't they have can't, powered flight. They can't just stay there. And she realizes that this is a Grisha on Jurda Perem, and so they have those heightened powers. And um, mm-hmm. so it's the first time she's seen it. She actually believes <laughs> what is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the squalor is um, in the air um, and trying to push towards them. And Jesper yells that he needs a distraction, and so Wyland sets off a bomb. Yeah, he throws a grenade. Yeah, good little Wyland. Um, God love him. <laughs> yeah, our our demo expert. Yes, our resident demo expert. <laughs> and slash so, hostage. 
Um, so <laughs> he's not really a hostage because he's there like mostly willingly. He's like he didn't really. He's have the insurance choice, policy. Yeah. Um, and so Wyland throws off a bomb, and um, then Jesper shoots the squalor. Um, mm-hmm. He has again a really good shot, and so the squalor hits the earth um, or is falling toward for, towards the ground, but. Um, at, ice is continuing to shoot out of the ground yep. and they're being trapped. So it's like shards of ice shooting up to make like a pen. Like a box. Like a pen. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, to trap them there. Um, and so uh, Jesper realizes that there is someone else um, f- further away who's doing this. Mm-hmm. And so he um, tries to shoot at them, but the ground is still moving and things are shooting out of the ground. And so he misses and Nina tries to feel for their heartbeat um, to stop their heart, but mm-hmm. the Grisha was too far away. Um, and then Inej signals to Kaz, and he like gets himself in position to catapult her yes. over the ice. Oh, um, a power couple. Yeah. So, they just know. Yes. Um, except they won't have a conversation about anything. No. <laughs> and so um, Kaz catapults Inej out of the pen that they've been in. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, everything's still, everything's still cause, uh, Inej got him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> it's true though. Oh my God. And then Wylan freaking pulls out some C4 <laughs> and he's like, everyone take cover again. I literally <laughs> pulled a putty colored lump. Hey, that's C4. <laughs> That's a, a crazy explosive. He gets some freaking napalm. He's just keeping it in his little satchel. His little fun bag. <laughs> um, because the ice is still there and they're still mm-hmm. trapped. So Wylan tells everyone to take cover and pulls out C4 from his Shh. little satchel. And um, slaps and, it on there. And, and then a big boom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're able to get out of where they are. Um, and everyone's kind of shocked that it actually worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, poor Wylan has gets no credit. I know. And so they walk over to where Inej is, and Inej is standing over the body of the Grisha, and he's mm-hmm. still alive. Um, but it's he's not going. Yeah, him. but it's described that his eyes were glassy, um, and that he did have a bullet wound. So Jesper got he him, got but him, but it didn't, didn't take him, him down. Um, and a knife, and Nina is kneels beside him. And the Grisha is asking, he's saying, I need a little more, just a little more. Um, and she recognizes him. Yeah. Nina realizes that she knows him. She says, Nestor? Nestor the, e- the Easter donkey. <laughs> it's a claymation special. Um, and so she's trying to get him to recognize her. That um, they trained together at the little palace. They went to Karamzin together during the war. He's a fabricator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a fabricator is one of the durists who work with metal, glass, and fibers. Um, and so she's thinking that it didn't doesn't make sense because fabricators work with textiles. Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't be able to manipulate the ice like he just did. And so she's trying to get him to recognize her, but he's just begging for more. Um, and she says that she can heal him, but um, that uh, uh, that they can help him. Mm-hmm. And he says that he doesn't want their help, that he just needs more. And she's begging him to just stay still so she can help him. 
Um, and Nina, event, he's fighting back, and Nina tells the others to hold him down. And as she does that, um, Nestor makes the ground move. Um, mm-hmm. So everyone is thrown back. Um, and she's begging him to let them help him. Um, and he's screaming, where are they? Where did they go? And we realize that he was um, with the shoe. And mm-hmm. that they were the ones who gave him the prem. And he tries to go find them, and he falls, and, and he and dies. He's dead. Um, but they're confused. Nina is thinking that, no, this isn't right. No one should be able to do this. No Grisha should be able to do this. Um, and this is a really good description of Perem. It was mm-hmm. as if the drug had caused Nestor's power to outpace his body. Yeah. Because if he hadn't been on Perem and had gotten those wounds, she could have fixed him. But mm-hmm. um, the Perem had used up all his energy. Yeah. And so there was nothing left. It says it had simply used him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesper had like looked around and they, um, he sees that people were heading south. And so it was the shoe and they knew that the shoe would be there because Bo Yul Bayero is shoe, um, or had worked for the shoe. Mm -hmm. And, um, they also find that it was actually a government mission. So the shoe, shoe government has sent a caravan of people or a group of people to go get Bo Yul Bayero back from, um, the ice court. And, um, so they realized that, um, the or sorry so mm-hmm. the shoe are there but they're confused because the shoe didn't use grisha as soldiers they didn't fear the grisha like fear then um they have like a sick scientific fascination yeah they're like what makes grisha power tick what makes a grisha different from a different like a normal person like dr Mengele and twins yes which is not a good no i don't know not good um and so uh, Nina is confused because she's thinking that the shoe have Jurda Perem. Why would they go? But after Bo Yul Bayer, um, and mm-hmm. they think that they just have a stash built up, but they don't know how to recreate it. They don't know how to make it, so they need him back. Yep. Um, and then uh, tone switches, and Jesper says, "Wyland earned his keep." And Wyland's <laughs> like, "Huh? I did? Me? Who?" Oh. Um, and then he goes, "Well, you made a down payment." <laughs> flirting, flirting. And Wyland finally getting something other than, like, sniped mm-hmm. at. Um, and Nina says that they need to bury them. Mm-hmm. And Cass says that the ground's too hard and they don't have time. Um, and then he, oh, <sighs> he goes low, low, low. Because Nina says that they can't just leave them there. And he says, do you want to build them a pyre? And she's like, go to hell. Honestly, that was, ugh. He says, do your job. Um, he's being an ass. Um, because these are her people and they, you know that, she knows that they were experimented on. Yeah. Um, and they were used for, for the shoe. Yeah. But then, um, uh, Nina says, how about a cracker skull open like a robin's egg? And, uh. Cass says, you "Freaking don't... hot topic, Cass. <laughs> you don't want to look at what's inside my head, Nina dear. Dramatic AF. Um, Gray matter, like anybody else, help yeah. me. Um, and then Matthias steps up and says that he'll help her dig the grave, um, and tells the others to go south from yep. where they are. That he knows the terrain and he'll make sure that they're caught up to them by nightfall. Um, and Cass." says remember remember the pardon mm-hmm. like you can't just escape because they're like are we really okay with leaving those two together now and he was like yeah it's probably not smart but we trust him now or we trust him later yeah so they go <laughs> and um they start digging sorry i'm adjusting my 
can feel my foot falling asleep. You're good. Um, so, um, they start digging, uh, and, um, Matthias asks Nina, uh, you know our gods? Um, and she says some, and he asks if he knows, if she, but she does know gel. He confirms that she does. Um, and he explains that the Fjordans believe that all the world is connected through its waters. The seas, the ice, the rivers and streams, the rain and storms all feed gel and are fed by him. When we die, we call it felot objet. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, taking root. So we become as roots of the ash tree, drinking from gel wherever we are laid. And then Nina says, that's why you burn Grisha instead of burying them. And he's like, yeah. Um, but then she's like, but you'll still help me lay these two Grisha to rest. And he's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Nina is having, she's so, she's so confused by what she just saw. And she says that Nestor shouldn't have been able to do that. Um, and then Matthias, I mean, I guess now is a good a time to bring it up as any, but. I know. Cause he really thinks that he's like evangelizing to her right now. He is not. He's not. <laughs> he's like, do you understand now what it's like to face a power so alien, so strange and unnatural to yourself um and she's like i don't want to talk about this she just says maybe and uh so they continue digging or picking through the axe really Mm because it's ice um and uh he says was it because i was a i was the Discella? were you planning it all along and so he thinks that she planned to tell them that he was a slaver she thinks that he that he thinks that she tricked him the entire time that all mm-hmm. of their days together were just a farce, um, and so we get um, uh, da, 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 a little bit of a flashback to when they found the city. So flashback to as they had continued, they had mm-hmm. made it to um, a town uh, close to a port, um, and they were talking about food and. Of course, mm-hmm. um, which again we love. Nina, Nina knows her worth, and she knows yes. what she likes, and she's gonna get it. Um, and uh, Mata- Matthias tells her that he owes her his life, and that they'll get her home safely. So even though they, their countries, and by all means, they should be sworn enemies after this experience, he mm-hmm. has come to trust her, and she has come to trust him, um, and he says that they'll get her home. And so back in present day. Um, he, he's he's genuinely asking her, did was it all fake? Did she only yep. do this because he was a Druskella? And she says that there were Grisha and Elling. And he's and like, what? He's very confused. And we find that there were spies um, in that part of of the town, of the country mm-hmm. they were in, and that they recognized Nina from being a Grisha of Ravkin in the little palace, and that one of them recognized Matthias. Mm-hmm. So they knew that he was a Druskella. Um, and Matthias is so confused. He's like, wait, <laughs> hold on. Um, and she said that when Matthias went to go, um, look, or to go, go talk to the person at the boarding house that they kind of cornered her. Um, and so she convinced them that she was undercover and that, um, she had a, that he, that Matthias wasn't alone. And so they couldn't take him prisoner because it would be too risky. Yep. Um, but that she had promised to bring him to them the next day. And the next day, um, 
they, uh, she thought that they could get out before the Grisha found them. But as they were getting to the docks, she saw that they were also there and that they were coming for Matthias. Mm-hmm. And she says that if they had captured him, that he would have been taken to Ravka and probably executed. Um, and so while they were on the docks, she saw the Kirch trader, um, and she made the charge because she knew that they would have to get him into custody, mm-hmm. um, and that they would get them to Kirch safely. But she didn't know that they would throw him in Hellgate. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's asking her, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you tell the truth? And she tells him that she did, that she tried everything. She tried she... to recant. She mm-hmm. tried to see him, see a judge. But it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she, he says, so you left me to rot in Hellgate. And she is trying to tell him that she could have gone home to Ravka but, mm-hmm. and that she wanted to, but she couldn't just leave him and that she did everything to try and get him out. And he says, everything but tell the truth. Um, and then she responds with, I was trying to protect my people because there were um, Grisha still over there. And had she given it yep. away, it would have blown, blown like the Ravkin government's cover over there. And it, it would have been death sentences for them, basically, mm-hmm. who were still in the field. Mm-hmm. And then um, he kind of scoffs at that and says, in Fjordan, but I'm going to read it in English, <laughs> um, the water hears and understands. Which is like, oh, nice. But it's part of a saying that ends with, the ice does not forgive. <sighs> well, at least they're having a conversation yeah. about it. That's now. true. They're, they're it's talk- true. They're talking. They're and, talking. And so he's like, well, you're here again. Are you going to betray more people again? All for the sake of Grisha? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, please, you cannot tell me that you intend to let the creator of Jirdapurim live. Um, And she's like, "Uh, yeah, he knows me. He knows me pretty Mm -hmm. good. (laughs) And she uh, says that she can't bear the thought of her people being slaves, um, but that they have a debt to settle and that the the pardon for Matthias is her penance and that whatever it takes to get his freedom, she'll do. And he says that he doesn't want the pardon. Um, She's like, what? what? (laughs) Um, And they both have a common goal that, um, or they both are thinking that if Bo Yolbayer lives, um, that anything is possible for multiple different countries. Yep. And not in in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, she tells him that it would betray the others and that they won't get their pay from the merchant council. Um, but for this cause that they both believe in, they both think that they're, they're both in agreement on this, that Bo Yulbayer will not leave the ice court alive. And then she says, the deal is the deal. Um, and they both are scheming to kill him, um, Mm -hmm. to not get him out of the ice court because if the Kirch, Nina realizes if the Kirch get him, then that is a danger to Ravka. Um, and Matthias is thinking that if anyone gets him, that's a danger to everyone. Yes. (laughs) Um, so it's not great. They have a common, they're united in a common Mm -hmm. cause. And that is to kill both your bear. And that is the end of chapter 20 and the end of part three. Yes. So next week we'll go on to chapter four titled the trick to falling. Um, so before we end, um, 
Oh my gosh. I just love talking about the show I in this know. specific this, part. This little slice. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, but if y'all have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send us an email at two mourners pod at gmail.com to spelled out T-W-O or you can now follow us on Instagram yes. at two mourners pod. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so please give us a follow on there. Um, it, we would like to have more than, than two followers. Yeah, be great. We'll be, be posting great. episodes, maybe some bonus content, maybe some that, art. That's a lot to ask. Well, you're the artist. You never so. know. So, so, yeah. Jor- Jordan will post the art because she's, yeah, she's crafty. Um, Jordan has made the, if y'all are listening to this on Spotify, well, I guess it's on any platform. Yeah, we're on um, any Jordan podcast. has made the art for both the um, podcast cover and mm-hmm. each episode. So... Thank you. And the art will change with each new series we embark on. So, ooh, I did not know this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, something to look forward to. But we would love to hear from anyone who is listening. Um, Yes. uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts on on maybe where we could improve or what y'all like about this or how much you all also love Nina Matthias and (laughs) (laughs) Wylan and Jesper and And, Kaz and and Inej and everyone and Ben Barnes. So. in these books but should still know he's in our hearts he shouldn't <laughs> always um but thank you guys for listening <laughs> and as always happy, happy hiking maybe we won't Bye. finish if i was saying i said thanks for listing oh. thanks for listening <laughs> it's fine it's fine <laughs>